Heavy Cardboard Episode 34, Late 2015 Preview Show. Coming to you from the I Wish We Went to Essen House of Jealousy, Denver, Colorado. Welcome to Heavy Cardboard, where we talk medium heavy strategy board games, war games, 18xx, and other related topics in the board gaming hobby. We're your hosts. I am Tony. And I am Edward. Edward, tell folks how to contact Heavy Cardboard, please. All right. Well, if you Google Heavy Cardboard, you'll find us. But if you don't want to do that, at Heavy Cardboard's our Twitter. Email us, contact at heavycardboard.com. Our website, heavycardboard.com. Facebook, Heavy Cardboard. Uh, BGG Guild, number 2044. We're quickly approaching 500 people. Come join the uh, the discussion. Uh, we, we, we love having uh, all the... Just everybody talking about, yeah. Especially with Essen here, all the all, all the games yeah, and man. just the the chatter has been uh, often and lengthy and in a good way. The thread of gameplays that will be entering the guild over the course of the next two months is going to be incredible. Yeah, it should be fun. All these so, new games again. BGG Guild number two zero four four. Last but not least, uh, thanks for the iTunes review to Sam nine five seven. Braxton, an enemy of the world. Yeah. Also, thanks to a new service that Tony discovered, we found out we have some reviews left for us over in Sweden and Iceland that haven't gotten their due, so we apologize. A big thanks to Oscar Arneson over in Iceland and Tara Galinas and Christopher P. over in Sweden. Uh, Those are very, very much appreciated. It's helping get us closer to the front page of the Hobbies podcast on iTunes. So please keep the reviews coming, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And also thanks to Game Surplus, the sponsor of Heavy Cardboard. Good people, great reputation, great inventory of games. Uh, a lot of imports, hard to find games. I imagine that Velma is going to be stocking up on a bunch of the Essen releases and everything. So you know, let, let her know what you guys want. Games at gamesurplus.com. Visit their site, www.gamesurplus.com. Tell them Heavy Cardboard sent you, please. Yeah, just remember that they're going to get hammered with a request yeah. for games to get, get in. in. Soon. Um, so be patient with them because um, I imagine they're going to get a ridiculous number of emails. But no, seriously, if you guys would just throw in, hey, Heavy Cardboard you know, mentioned you guys and we wanted to see if they have copies of Food Chain Magnet or Burano mm. or whatever it is that you guys are wanting. Um, this list coming up, this episode is going to yeah. be all about that. So yeah, yeah hit them up. Uh, thanks again to Game Surplus for sponsoring a contest. We we announced in our last episode, and our winner is Jonathan Bennett. I believe he goes by Aaron. So uh, Jonathan slash Aaron Bennett, uh, dr- drop us an email at uh, contest at heavycardboard.com, and uh, we will get you hooked up with Game Surplus and a gift certificate. His uh, three anticipated... Essen releases were Food Chain Magnate, Nippon, and Tin Goose. So I have a feeling he's going to kind of like this episode. Big thanks again to Game Surplus, and uh, congrats, um, whatever your real name is. Hmm. So. So. What's going on? A lot. A lot. Yes, yes. Let me, uh, maybe, let me uh, get some uh, unpleasant business taken care of. Sure. uh, Absolutely. You know, this episode is coming out late. You know, my father-in-law's passing and everything. So I just wanted to thank everybody for the condolences they passed to my wife through me on Twitter and email and geek mail even and stuff like that. It was really, really sweet. We have a 
just a, a really cool extended family around here yeah. with heavy cardboard right. and uh, good community. My uh, my wife really appreciated it. Thanks, guys. Rock on. Good. I'm glad to hear it. It's uh, yeah. I know it's been a rough week for you. Um, more so for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, but even so, I mean, family's yeah, family. You know. you know. Absolutely. You know, uh, wife and I've been married 32 years, so I've known Randy quite a long time. Sure. He's a good man. So, well, I'm sorry, but hopefully he's uh, he's not in pain. No now, more suffering, baby. You know? yeah. yeah. So good deal on that. On to happier things. All right. So what did you do last weekend? I only ask because I know what we were not doing, and that was embracing the craziness that was Essen. Well, I did watch some BGG feed. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I did too, but yeah. Um, yeah, so a bummer we didn't get the cha- uh, chance to enjoy that. Next year, however, that may change. I hope so. I hope so. The plan um, is to send you. Yeah, that's uh, just because you don't want to go. Well, it's not that I don't want to go, but... Okay, so so I don't want to go. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kickstarter coming soon. No, yeah. no, just kidding. Um, although we will have a Patreon coming. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. We'll anyway, f- we'll figure it out. So um, on a personal note, uh, so I asked to be reassigned to a different position at work, and honestly, uh, since it got okayed and and everything, I've been much happier since the uh, move took place. Um, yeah, it's better for my back because I'm not climbing all over helicopters and everything anymore. But it's more or less mental health, you know, quality of life, just in a better place mentally yeah. with all that. More Twitter time. <laughs> just less stress. I mean, I'm in the back shop building harnesses and building the the things that are going into the aircraft. So I'm just, I'm happier. Cool. So at least temporarily, and we'll leave it at that. So yeah, just, that's good. Um so I am dragging some serious ass today uh, because I got about Let me check. three and a half Holy crap. four hours of uh, sleep last night because Amanda and I went mm-hmm. to go see of Monsters and Men and mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me in concert uh, Amazon which is Swedish and Bourne's open forum so we had Swedish and Icelandic reviews on iTunes right, for right, us. right and last night we saw a Swedish and Icelandic band. Oh. Seems apropos. Well, you have to leave those bands some English reviews. Right. I'm um, big of Monsters and Men fan, and it was a really, really good show. A lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, it was good. I just wish it was at Red Rocks, because Red Rocks is the best venue on the planet. Was it Pepsi Center? Uh, no, it was at uh, the First Banks. Uh, oh, for, in Broomfield. Yeah. yeah cool. Right um, so let's see. Uh, I saw Black Sabbath there. Oh, right. <laughs> Extra Life is coming in uh, less than a month. Should be a lot of fun with uh, Mark from Board Game Corner. Brett from yep. Navoo Games and our buddy Scott or Skippin from BGG and a whole bunch of other people. Lenny, uh, the the crazy Kermit avatar, sure. yeah, uh, uh, he'll be there. But anyway, we're going to the Haunted Game Cafe north of Denver in Fort Collins, and we're hoping we can raise some money for a great cause and have a lot of fun with yeah. folks gaming. Children's hospitals. Yep. So we we really would greatly appreciate any donations uh, folks are willing to give. And uh, we'll have a link in the show notes. The reason I'm laughing is Tony got us a couple of, I guess they're hats. I I don't Damn. know what they. I don't know they, what you call them. They go on your head. That yeah, they're elephant has a massive. If you guys go onto YouTube, um, we just did a Periscope unboxing of Imperios Millenarios. We just got mm-hmm. a copy today. Maybe we can get Amanda um, to tweet a picture of us. Yeah, I'm I'm sure she will. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. Anyway, no, they're really funny looking. Really cool. So let's see. A couple other things. Um, BGGCon related. 
Uh, I'm buying too many games in a virtual flea market. Shocking, I know. Uh, also, speaking of BGGCon, I'm running a beginner's game, possibly two, of 1846 on Tuesday night at BGGCon. So technically before it officially opens, but we get there Tuesday afternoon. We'll be there Tuesday night, and I'm trying to pay it forward with a couple of guild uh, training games, 1846. So if you're interested, let me know. I get it. Training. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> It really was on accident, but that, that makes it better, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it um, does. Trains also, make everything better. We are having the Heavy Cardboard Gathering on Thursday night at BGGCon in room 1113 at 8 p.m. Come into the guild on BGG, mention it, and hopefully we see you there. We'll have a bunch of giveaways and stuff like that. And it's possible we may have some big-time designers stopping by. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun to meet everybody. Last but not least, the Heavy Cardboard Secret Elephant, or Secret Santa, targets have been assigned. Yes, they have. Uh, I think the final count was 24 elephants in the exchange. Cool. Should be a lot of fun. I know I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. Did so. you get me? I did not. Did no. you get me? I did not. Okay. okay. All right. Good. Um, oh, there is one other thing I wanted to mention. Thank God, because that means I get an extra present now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> one from you, right. one from And mine. then one from and the then you, Secret yeah. Elephant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we started periscoping. We've done a couple of unboxings. We did it when we got Food Chain Magnet, and we did it now with uh, Imperios Millenarios. And we're also doing kind of little Q&As and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's that, that's cool if you're not familiar with it. It's a little like uh, instant film, yeah. you know, interaction. Uh, you guys Twitter can ask questions. Streaming. Yeah, you guys can uh, ask us questions. So keep an eye on, on that on Twitter, and we'll uh, we'll be doing that periodically. That's all I got. You got anything else? No, sir. All right. What new games have entered the family? Nothing, really. Nothing? No. Cool. Me neither. All right. <laughs> so, uh, what have you been... And you've not been playing anything either. No, right? no, right. No, all right. First off, obviously, Food Chain Magnate. Uh, Yoris and Yurun were kind enough to send ours a little bit ahead of the, uh, the f- most everyone else. Thank you, fellas. Um, so, very much thank you. Not that they're listening, but still... Uh, so we've gotten a few games of that in. That's been fantastic. Also having arrived is Imperios Millenarios, which arrived just before we started recording. Way cool. Um, very cool uh, Civ game. We'll talk about that more in the episode. Mm-hmm. Also got a copy of Panthalos, which is a worker placement with direct conflict. And it's from Essen last year. Mm. Completely flew under the radar. Uh, and I just, nobody's talking about it. So I'm really anxious to give it a try and see if it's, if it's a bust or if it's just, you know, one of those games like Craftsman, uh, that just didn't have any buzz and was, ended up being a really good game. So I'm excited to try that. Got a, what's your game game Asgard, Asgard. uh, another worker placement kind of off the beaten path. Vikings. Uh, Vikings. There you go. Uh, I got one game that was three years in the making. Uh, it's one of the. It's an expansion for one of the very first games that I ever bought when I got into the hobby, and that's the Conflict of Heroes solo expansion. When I bought the game, it came with the solo expansion when it was ready. They said it'd be a couple months. Three years later, <laughs> finally got it. So Jeez. yay, Academy Games! Thanks for getting that out finally. Last but not least, Amateurs to Arms. Um, I actually. Uh, Purchased that from a listener in the Great White North. So 
So thanks for that. Uh, War game. What is the theme? It's a uh, War of eighteen twelve. All right, just amateurs to arms. I was thinking American Civil War. It yeah. could, you could make an argument that it could be that. It could be the Revolutionary War. I get right. it. Sure. Cool. Right on. Yeah. So how about you? What have you uh, acquired, sir? Uh, well, uh, Wallace's Rise of Empires. Thank you, Velma. Uh, Imperial twenty thirty. I found a I found a copy in uh, in Canada, eh? and uh, it's the PD Verlag. Uh, version so it's got the board is cool because it's german on one side and english on the other side so i i, I kind of dig that i'm excited to be able to play both that and yeah, the yeah. imperial because i have imperial and we can compare and contrast uh, yeah i would like one of our episodes to um, include such a conversation yep um i bought the isle of sky because you know it's got a market thing in there you can set the prices you know how i am but i was clever and i said look honey look at this Tile laying game. <laughs> you like tile laying games, so uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. So you snooked her into it. Yeah, she's like, yes, I think I would like that. So uh, right, she right. did actually. Cool. So uh, yeah, that's cool. She always makes piles of money, so I'm always hosed. Uh, let's see. 18th... It's a good thing she's in charge of your finances. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 1849 made it. Uh, Medici. Uh, let's see. Kleiker. I made my own copy of Noya Heimat. Thanks, for the, dude. For those that don't know. I still want the one you got. I'll give mine away, my homemade one away. But So long story short, uh, our buddy uh, Matt uh, imported some copies of Noya Heimat. Before. Your buddy. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Man. Matt's, before, a, Matt's a Greek guy. <laughs> before, it got, uh, before the company went under and he asked anybody if they wanted copies and and Paul Chad actually got me a copy already, so I didn't need one. And so Tony was like, yeah, I'll take one. And that was a year ago. I don't know. Six I... months, eight months. It was Scotch has aged to a drinkable state <laughs> in the... No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'd like to, I, I like Clacker a lot. No, yeah. yeah but good. no, that'd be cool, because if and when you ever get your copy, we can then give away a copy of Noya Heimat. Sort of. Yeah, if someone wants homemade. a homemade one, sure. Why wouldn't they? It's yeah, yeah. awesome game. So I know in terms of hunting anticipating, that's what this episode's about for yeah. both of us. But there was one thing that I discovered in my research for this episode that won't be out till next year. But it so really, why are we talking about well, it? Well, because it really sounded interesting to me. So Do this, you know this how will many be games? on my anticipation list right now. Do you know how many games coming out in 2016 I'm excited about? But I yeah. didn't talk about no, it. I called well, my list new. Fine. No, go ahead. What? What is it? Because now... Now it's been built up. I'm curious. Race to Berlin? Yep. Saw it. Dude. I know. Two-player block games where I'm the Russians and the Germans, and you're the Russians and the Germans? On the, or, or, excuse me, you're the Russians and the Germans, I'm the Americans and the Germans. So my Germans are facing your Russians, and your Germans are facing my Americans? No, I, it sounded pretty cool. Yeah, I, And I, the result of the race creates the, the post-war spheres of influence and stuff. So anyway, sounds kind of cool. My only concern, and it's not fair... But Race to the Rhine was kind of eh. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I'm, I'm worried but that... That, that yeah. wasn't a block war game. That was a... Fair enough. Something else, so... Fair enough. W- what have you been playing, man? Um, so a little game called Food Chain Magnate. Yes. I played it I've three, heard of this. Yeah. I three, I've played it three times so far. Once here. Um, and there are a bunch more planned in the upcoming weeks between this episode and next episode. Uh, open Rails. That was a bit of a franking game. Yeah, yeah, really disappointed in that. Yeah, that flopped bad, yeah. and I don't think you, just because it was it. 
you nailed it. You said, well, it just feels like a whole bunch of other crap piled together. So, yeah, it did, no did not work. Games, yeah. Know. Played Steel Driver. Taught you that. Yeah, it was life. awesomely fun. Yep. I really enjoyed that. I did it as well. Uh, also busted out a game of Neue Heimat. Yep. Um, which is always a win. Steamworks, you taught that. The, yep. the uh, game day. Tasty you played mutual. it a couple times. Yep. Right. Yep. Pretty cool little uh, build your own worker placement action spaces build your own victory point machines yeah that yes. was really cool that was uh that was pretty cool viticulture with tuscany i hesitated to put this in because i started the game and then robin showed up and she jumped into the game in your place right in my place and then i proceeded to win through robin so right that was cool and you and i got to play steamworks yeah so uh let's see you got two others we got uh dungeon pets Finally got oh, that yeah. played. Tell me. That was really cool, dude. It right. absolutely adorable. Like the just the, the theme. Really, really well done throughout the entire game. And dude, heavy, like thinky, hard. Mm. It it has more weight to it than I expected. I wouldn't put it up there with, you know, Venus sure, or anything sure, like sure. that. But it had more weight All than right. I expected. And it was uh I was pleasantly surprised. Cool. Last one. 1857, yeah. which is from the Winsome subscription this year. So it's 1830 set in Argentina. Wait, we just got just an Argentinian game. Yeah. yeah, rock on. So it, my take on it, fun, tough, and fast. Yeah, and pimped. Yeah, uh, your copy is pimped. Mine is not We don't so play with uh, construction paper shares around here. So we had a question when we were going through... Uh, <laughs> Setting it up and everything, because yeah. this was, we started at like 8, 9 o'clock at night. We did. And uh, we had a question about Something the like off-board locations, like the, because the, it's all white and black. Mm -hmm. And instead of like multicolor, two right. colors. And so, uh, well, I took it upon myself. I said, okay, hey, I'll just call John Bohr, who is Winsome Games. His number's in the rules. Yeah, he, gives his, call. he gives his number in every copy of a game he puts out. However, we forgot he was in Essen, so he wasn't home. But I went ahead and left voicemail. Right. Because <laughs> why not? So it, Monday night, we're playing Food Chain Magnate yeah. here at the house. And uh, he called. That's right. <laughs> and I, I looked at my phone and I saw Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh? Or Pittsburgh. And Paul Chad looked over at me and said, how much you want to bet it's for? <laughs> so I answered it. Hey, John. <laughs> and uh, he was really friendly. And, and and I told him, hey, we already uh, we we figured out the answer to our own question, um, but he's like, no, no worries. I, I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to call back, and everything. And he was still jet lagged from Essen and everything. Mm. Uh, but while I had him on the phone, I thought, why waste the opportunity? So I asked him if we could do an interview with him after the holidays, and he agreed. So look for that in early 2016. That should be a lot of fun. It will be, indeed. and we'll finally get the answer. We'll get a conference call. Yeah. Him. <laughs> yes. It'll be John Borer, Harry Wu, and uh, David V.H. Peters. Right. All on, the same, all on the phone together. So we're, we're going to finally get an answer. Is John Bohr really Harry Wu? And <laughs> all of those guys. Right. So that that's what I got. How about cool. you? Um, in addition to the things that you and I played together yep. that you mentioned, I got some plays of Medici in, Flower Power in, Downfall of Pompeii. Which is always fun. Always fun. Patchwork and American Rails. And what were your thoughts on American Rails? It was very winsome -y. 
Okay. And um, it was uh, very, very cool. The board, the way the board developed was really pretty exciting. And uh, Tony, Tony KR um, said, wow, this is like a winsome that I can actually get other people to play. Because it's prettier, it, right? Well, because it's prettier and, I don't know, maybe, well, I don't know. I mean, it felt like a winsome to me, so... I figure my, you know, hey, if you can get somebody to play that, you can get somebody to play any of the Winsome. So cool, but this is not a Winsome, of course. No, it's a Quinn game. Quinn, Quinn, Quinn yeah, game and it's a derivative of Chicago Express. Okay, yeah, so. yeah I'm I'm anxious to get a play in that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Interesting uh, turn order mechanic. Cool. All right, so we got our copy of Food Chain Magnet, mm-hmm. and I've played it. Th- Three times in the first three days that mm-hmm. we uh, that we had it, and we decided we're going to review it next episode. I played it once, plus a virtual play. More on that later. Okay. Um, so, but since we have it, and almost nobody else has played the game, at least here in the states, we thought, why don't we do kind of like a mini trailer, uh, you know, high level trailer yeah. or whatever? But you know, without giving away too too much, because um, you know we're going to talk about this game. A lot in our next episode. In fact, in sitting together at the table before we started recording tonight, we were talking about various points of the game, and we had a lot of actual disagreements on on perceptions you had versus me and me versus you, and, as well as agreements. Right. And, and we're like, wow, next episode is going to be awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, we The reason we were kind of going over it is because... Unlike any other episode that we've done before, we've never done a trailer on one episode and then gone straight into a review on the next yeah. one. So this, we don't want to say too much, you know, right. and, and take away from that because that's going to be uh, feature packed next episode. <clears throat> yeah, it will be. It should be some interesting discussion. I think I think it's going to be a lot of fun. You uh, you taught me the game the other night, and um, that so that was my one play. My virtual play was I, I dreamed food chain magnet. <laughs> Which that, is so crazy. That to night me. when I went to bed, I, I dreamed about placing my restaurants and weren't worrying about where the doors were and everything. Had you taken any Ambien no, that night? Okay, no, all right. No, so, uh, so I wrote Yoris and uh, Yeroon and said, "Dudes, thanks. You made me dream about your game. That's pretty <laughs> awesome, man." Um, so, um, Fuji Magnate logistics game, right? Like so many sp- splatter titles, it's a logistic economic game at its at its heart. And, uh, you know, the, the main engine to those logistics are the distance between the houses and, and the restaurants and what the houses demand and what your restaurants cook. That's the, that's the heart of the logistical puzzle. And then it's a hand management game, too, where you, you're able to build your deck by selecting cards that you want in your in your deck. But it's not really a deck builder because it's not like... Uh, You're not drawing right. from a deck. You have full access to your entire deck I, I can play cards. the same cards every turn if I want. Right. right. That kind of a thing. So it's really about managing what cards you want in your hand. And I do say management because the more cards you get, the more you know money it's going to cost you, of course. So, so it's not a stereotypical deck building. There's limits to how many of those cards you can play in a turn. But the way that you can manage... The, the the mechanic to play more cards is really smart and thematic, I think, too. So it's it's put together very yeah. well. And um for me personally, this is definitely the type of quote unquote business economic game that I enjoy. You know, I'm doing what businesses do when I'm playing that game. What markets can I dominate? What markets can I move into? Whoops, sorry, nothing personal, just business. That's that's the kind of business echo games that I that I'm into, and so so far this one's 
Looking good. Yeah, I having three plays of it under my belt now. Um, it's one of those games to where I legitimately think 20 plays, I could see myself playing it and not being bored of it, not burning out mm-hmm. and all that. So I'm excited about it. Real quick, production quality is as good, if not better, than... Uh, Great Zimbabwe, which in sure. my opinion is their, was their high watermark hey, for production quality. It's got, it's got hamburger meeples. Right, and, and lemonade. It's awesome. Uh, and to be honest with you, relatively rules or relatively low rules overhead. Yeah. Uh, the rules get out of the way fairly quickly, yeah. and it's all about uh, getting into the meat of it's the game. It's all about what's between your ears. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we are... I don't want to say pleasantly surprised because I don't think that's fair because huh. I had high expectation. I yeah. mean, uh, this this was about as high a expectation as I had for any game in essence. Yeah, in the context of the rest of this episode about expectations of games coming out later this year, this was definitely high on both of our lists um, in terms of anticipation and expectation. And up to this point, it has not disappointed. Sure. I'll leave it at that. So... Check it out next episode, guys. We're, uh, we hope you guys enjoy that as much as we do. That's Food Chain Magnate. All right, so you're going to tell the folks a little bit about the Canizia Classic, Medici. Yes, indeed. Uh, I love auction games. I know you do, too. Paul Chad as well. And uh, Medici is an auction game that I've wanted to get a copy of for a long time, having always played a friend's copy. Right. And the iPad version. Uh, so it's time to just get a physical copy, I thought. So uh, Medici is a 1995 design by the famous Dr. Canizia. He of the bow ties. He of the bow ties, really? Yeah, hmm. he loves his bow ties. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I have a, a 1997 print from Rio Grande Games. That'll matter as we talk. <laughs> and uh, it plays about six players and ten minutes per player, roughly. What's going on in the game is over the course of three rounds, the players are going to auction off sets of goods that are drawn from a deck of cards that are those goods. Later versions of the game have tiles that you pull from a bag, right? Uh, After each round, the goods that a person has acquired and loaded onto their ships will earn money for their owners. At the end of three rounds, the player with the most cash wins. Money is victory points, right? So a player to create this set of goods this offering is going to draw from one to three cards from that deck to form an offering the deck will consist of five different kinds of goods each type of good has seven cards they're numbered zero one two three four five five there's two fives with fewer than six players some cards are removed from the deck so you can never quite be sure what the mix of goods and values is going to be unless you're playing with six and then it's katie bar the door so, uh, that offering of one three cards is then auctioned off to the highest bidder. And if nobody bids, those cards are out of the game for that round. So, um, you could end up in a situation where there won't be enough cards to go around at some point in, in, that, in that round. So, each player has a ship that can only hold five said cards. So, if I win an offering of three cards, that's going to take up three of my five slots in my hold... And now I can only bid on offerings of one or two cards. So if Ed likes to pull three cards, then I'm going to sit and watch all you guys bid for that, right? Which is very much a uh, strategic decision. Yeah, uh, yes. Players can definitely cut you out of certain offerings. Once all the players have filled their ships, and as I mentioned before, if, if goods leave the game, maybe not everyone will have a full ship. 
or, or the deck is exhausted, one of those two conditions, uh, the round's over, and it's scored. So the players with the most points on their boat, so I got those five cards numbered zero through five, what is my value? What is your value? We're going to compare those values. Um, so if I had a boat worth, say, 15 points, which isn't bad, I'd probably earn some money for that. The amount of money is going to be... Uh, it's going to vary really by the based on the number of players in the game. But if I have the biggest boat, I'm going to earn 30 bucks. And when you start the game with 40 bucks, that's a pretty significant goal. Each player will then deliver those goods from their ship into the marketplaces on the board where we're going to record how many of each type each player's delivered. So if my five cards were three spices, one grain, and one fur, that's what my delivery was. For So for each one of those goods, I'd move up one notch. So I'd I'd have level three on the spices, for example. And for each type of good, we're going to go through and, and in each day, each of the three rounds, and say, okay, who delivered the most spices? Who delivered the most dye? And those people, the, the person that delivered the most is going to get 10 bucks. The person that delivered the second most is going to get 5 bucks. Plus, there are some bonuses you can earn if you're really, like, delivering the hell out of some of those things. So, And then it's on to the next round. And that delivery record remains so that I can continue to deliver furs or, or grain or whatever. So this combination of how many cards should I put in this offering and which players right now have how many open spaces on their ships and how much money do they have, what are the numerical values on the cards that I'm drawing into this offering, what types of goods are in this auction versus on-player ships, and it's, it's this stuff that makes the valuations for the auctions tense and interesting. And very enjoyable as well. It is. Very enjoyable. Short, too. I mean, six players in an hour. That's with, unheard of with for a non-party yeah. non game. You know? Yeah. And with the intense auctions, I really feel like I get a lot of bang for the buck uh, for this game. And it's never the same game twice. Just because just cause of the way people bid and the way the lots come out and what, what are my tactics for this particular round. I love the auctions in this game, but my lord am I terrible. I am just horrible <laughs> at this game. I'm not very good either. The, the next time I win it will be the first, I think, and I probably mm. played it half a dozen times. Right on. So I mentioned I have that uh, 2009 printing or 2007 printing. Right. Two years after it first came yeah. out. Yeah. Right? And, uh, and there's been several printings in several languages and everything. And um, just about every graphic design choice in my copy and every copy I've ever seen has just been um, bordering horrible, <laughs> <laughs> if not horrible. Uh, the scoreboard, like in my copy, the scoreboard, the fonts. The artwork on the cards, the delivery area, just, ugh. Not, not well put together. No, huh? no, no. Okay, all right. Um, I, I, maybe the 2006 Rio Grande's the least offensive. I, I don't know. But I'll be honest, I think that's the one that I've played yeah. before. It has kind of that, the, the like, democker-looking kind yeah. of track in the middle. And the scoreboard's, like, brown and white. Yeah, yeah. something like that. So that, I... I'm used to that, so it didn't bother me. But, sure. But I saw the copy Ooh. that you got that you guys were playing the other night at game night. That thing was just offensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm curious as to what the listeners think is the best edition of Medici that that one should own because Lesser I, I would of probably evils. like to try to acquire that. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know what you guys think. Um, it, it's not an easy game for. Uh, newcomers because it's hard to kind of 
grok the valuation progress at I, first. You know? I was just going to say the valuations are going to be the real hard part yeah. to really like. I have no frame of reference. What should I be bidding? Yeah. You know, but you know for. For what I, I get out of the game in the short period of time that it takes to play it, I really feel like it rewards repeated play, though. Agreed. Get- totally. Um, the one There's one downside. Uh, I, the random... I know where you're going. The game length makes it tolerable. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay. With it only being, say, roughly 45 minutes to an hour and 15 minutes at most, probably. But the random tile draws, if you... Did your best guess, and you mm-hmm. bought that, you know, three offer, and now you only have two uh, two spots available in your hold. Somebody draws out three awesome tiles. Yep. You can't even mm-hmm. bid because you you gambled on taking a adequate, you know, offer yeah, earlier yeah. in the round. So that can be a a, a, a bit frustrating when it you just be. you just get boned by the uh, by the luck of the draw. Indeed, you know, you just. I feel like you can't be greedy. Fill up your ship too soon. Just keep your options open. Don't overpay. But, and, but even with those measures, it can still get you. But maybe that's why we haven't won. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always the first to five. No, right. I'm not. Um, I, I think Medici is uh, is a Hall of Fame game. It's it, great wow, fun. Yeah, really? it really is. You know, I love auctions. Maybe I'm tainted, but great fun, interesting auction. Plays six in a short window. Um. To me, it, and this is why, it's good heavy cardboard filler. We like like we played five of us played while you cooked. Yeah, sure, right. Sure. So it's like we need to do something that'll last forty minutes. Okay, great. Let's do the you know, but we still want to be challenged. That's fair. Um, but so so like if you don't like auction games, you need to stay far away from this one because it won't be a Hall of Fame game for you because there's no theme here. This is an auction game. So, six rating for me, Hall of Famer from Dr. Canizia. I For me, I would put it at the, at the four level. I think it's uh, the graphic design problems knock yeah. it down okay, uh, fair. for me. Plus, to be honest with you, if I personally, if I want a short, heavy auction game, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull out Noya Heimet before I would Medici. But if we have six players... I can I can understand where you're going with that. Right on, that's Medici. All right, let's get into the meat. This list of uh, anticipation games. All right, so 2015 anticipation. Well, the rest of 2015 anyway. So welcome to the second annual Heavy Cardboard Preview Show. Ding ding. Essen has come and gone, and while we're sad that we didn't make it, there is a lot to be excited about. With the exception of a single game, Food Chain Magnate, we have not gotten a chance to play any of the Essen releases, so it seemed like a good time to do our next preview show. This episode's going to cover the top games that we are most looking forward to between Essen and the end of 2015. This list will only include games expected to be released and playable in 2015 calendar year. Expected to be playable, yes. Right. Uh, So if a Kickstarter just started up, yeah, that's not going to be on this list. That'll be for next year. We plan on making this a biannual thing with one show early in the year and a second show probably in late summer, but likely a bit earlier than this one was. The format that we've chosen is to break it down into two mini lists, one for expansions and then the main list with the full games. 
We each have a number of games and we'll rank them on our 1 to 6 scale. However, this time using that scale for anticipation. Right. Anticipation. So we're not judging um, with our 1 to 6 scale how uh, how good we expect the game to be, although we're going to do that too. The <laughs> anticipation scale uses that same 1 to 6 scale. And it's really like, how excited am I? To get this game to the table. Right, to try this game, to play it, and whatever. So if it's a one, it's only on this list to warn everyone off of the game. It's another one for the fire. Likely not going to have not any on here. There was one, but it got cut. Um, if it's a anticipation of two, it um, needs to be deleted from this podcast, because why the hell are we even talking about it? Although, they're, they're, now keep in mind, let me preface real quick. You and I have made our individual list. Yes. We swap list for the games, but not our anything else. Nothing there is else. Nothing Just the else. titles. Right. I know your titles. You know my titles. Right. And obviously there's overlap. Yeah, there's yeah. considerable overlap, as you guys would expect. An anticipation rating of three is we're, you know, kind of, uh, okay, maybe lukewarm on the game. Um, maybe we'll wait for someone else to buy it, try their copy before we plunk down our earned money to do so. A four means, well... You know what? I think uh, I think I'd buy a copy of that just to give it a whirl and see and see what's going to happen. There's probably something unique or intriguing about the game. A five is I would really like to get this game to the table and play it. I really think it's going to be a good game in my collection. That's like pre-order status. Pre-order, like, yeah. yeah. And a six is. Pfft, the world's going to end if I don't play this game tomorrow. Exactly. It's going to be freaking awesome. Food Chain Magnate, like I, like we said, is not going to be on this list. We already got it. We've played it. It would have been a six for both of us. So just to give you a frame yeah. of reference. Absolutely. Okay? And we're really bad about ranking stuff. So we took the easy way out and listed them alphabetically instead of uh, you know numerically. Yeah. So sit back. Relax. And make some notes on games that uh, hopefully tickle your fancy. Get the popcorn out. Let's get started with our expansions. We only have two of them that are that made our list. Mm-hmm. Tony, start us off. Uh, the first one is Concordia Salsa. Salsa. Mm. Uh, there are two new maps. It's uh, it's you know Concordia is Matt Gertz and uh, Salsa is being rele- released by PD Verlog. Two new maps: Byzantium and Hispania. New maps are always a great thing. Uh, There's new wooden pieces and city tiles for a sixth commodity, salt. Which was super important back in the day. Yes, indeed. There are 27 forum cards. Um, The game game write-up says for new strategies to follow. Uh, And it is playable with the base game as well as the Britannia and Germania maps as well. So um, I enjoy Concordia. I, I don't know... What you think of it. I, for I, what I do, it is, I really dig the game. I do as well. It doesn't hit the table as much. It's not one of those games that's right. just clamoring to get out on the no. table. You will play me type but, thing. But we're Gertz fans and yeah, stuff. It's and, enjoyable. Yeah. I'm looking. I mean, we both have this on our list. So, uh, yeah. I, it's, I would play it more if not for the podcast and, and the directives that that gives us, you know. But, right. And, you know, you and I, Heavy Cardboard, are not fans of mainstream game awards, but. How Istanbul beat Concordia for the KDJ is Istanbul. <laughs> I'll buy that. Sure. Um, so I'm particularly interested in the new maps and the salt. Same here. Same here. Uh, the the forum cards kind of TBD. I, I looked through them in the rules, and there, there's some permanent ones, some one-time ones, but in general they seem to be 
your standard Euro ploy to, to make the game easier to play by players under the guise of, oh, look at these cool tiles you can build an engine with. You know, like, there were two, I'll call out two of the tiles. The player may trade three types of goods instead of two. And another one was the player gets one brick and one food. It's just like free crap. It just seems to me to like soften, take Arbitrary, an edge off the game. Kind of. So like that part doesn't interest me. But new maps and the salt, I'm down. Okay, cool. So expected release is supposed to be November, December mm-hmm. of this year. So look for it late this year. My anticipation level? Yes. Is um is a four. Temper, and it's tempered because I, I'm not sure about those um, forum cards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, without the forum cards, it's a five for anticipation. You know what I mean? Like, and I guess I don't have to play with the forum cards. I, you know, didn't didn't seem like you had to. So okay. I'm pretty excited about Saul's action. All right, uh, I have it as a four. Okay. Um, it wavered three or four, but to be honest with you, if I'm going to put it on my list, it's got to be a four or higher, sure. just by default. I would think. Um, so, like I said earlier, it doesn't hit the table as much as I feel like it, it could. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know it's going to collect dust for a while if I do end up getting the, the Just the like my Britannia Germania map. Right. right. And so that's kind of my hesitation about it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's more maps is always a good thing yeah. in my opinion. Absolutely. So now your expected rating, meaning what do you expect after having played it? This is just a... A, right. in, in the military, we call it a wag, a wild-ass guess right. of what you think. And it would be fun to look back on this and, and be like, okay, what was our? What did you think it was? Was it higher or lower than what you thought it would be? So you have it as a four anticipation, but what do you think your actual rating would be if and when you get it played? A four. I, I think that um, the new maps would would be a five. But having another resource may drag that down a little bit. I'm not really sure what that's going to do to the gameplay. And that's exactly my thoughts. So I'm balancing on that. Same, it out at a, at a four. Same thing with a four. Right on, man. Cool. So that's Concordia Salsa. So next up, the other expansion we have on our list is Russian Railroads, German Railroads. Yeah, that's man. That's a mouthful. And when I saw the German Railroads, I automatically thought. German Railways, the, the the winsome game. Yeah, like, right. No, no, no. All right. So designed by Helmet Olney and Lani Orgler, which are uh, the 18xx designers who mm-hmm. made Russian Railroads, published by Hanzum Gluck, yes. and eventually the Z-Main is... Games, which we all know that could be next month. It could be 2017. I'm exaggerating, but you get the idea with Z-Main. Probably games. not by much. <laughs> So it's the first true expansion, save for the mini expansion, which which consists of three modular expansions. And you know how I'm a big fan of modular expansions. New Germany game board where route distances are not fixed. It should add another layer of decisions into the game. And and I love stuff to where it's not always finite, not always set in stone, always going to play out the same way every time. So that appeals to me. Plus, we just got done talking about more boards are usually a good thing. Yeah. Well, here's one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited about the new board and the routes that it delivers as well. Next, it adds coal mm. as a resource, which makes existing things better, i.e. locomotives and factories. That's a cool way to, you know, kind of personalize individual play. Right. You know, you might be upgrading your locomotives... I might be upgrading my factories, 
and somebody else might be doing neither and doing something else, whatever. It just adds more different paths, I feel like it's going to do. There's something about foundries, too. It says the foundries can bring in a decent income when they're fired with coal. So if you're not using them with locomotives and factories, I mean, I'm curious about the foundry thing. Yeah, that should be that should be interesting. I, I saw, someone wrote on BGG that um, it was pretty pricey, though, for what um, you get in the box. I'm getting there. Okay. Yeah. The, the last of the three modular expansions in this is uh, for those that have been wanting the solo game, the single ticket expansion, which makes it yeah. soloable. I didn't even list that module. Well, I don't I, solo. Our buddies over at Low Player Count uh, Podcast, I'm sure, are all over this. Yeah, no so doubt. That, that, that's cool. And hey, I like the idea that it's becoming more inclusive as well, giving that option for solo gamers. Inclusive so. to one. You're right. Well, I'm saying. <laughs> you know, to where oh, yeah. they can play it as well. Yeah. You know, pricey. You said you were getting back to that. Yeah. So it could be overpriced for what you get. You know, forty plus bucks for yeah. you know what are three really small expand. I mean, don't get me wrong. You you have a board right. and you have you know the wooden components and the stuff for boards. coal. Yeah. But it just seems my gut tells me that's a big number for for a non. You know, on its own expansion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a standalone. Yeah. Agreed. Um, hopeful release. I say hopeful because it's Z-Man Games uh, in November, December, twenty fifteen. So look for it late this year. Okay. Anticipation level. Yeah. I I wavered here, and even though it's on both of our list, I guess I already have an exep- an exception to what I had said. <laughs> My anticipation. Is kind of a three, which huh. is a little bit below average. Like, yeah, you know, that'd be cool to check out, but eh. And the one reason, and one reason only, is the price. Okay. I just, I, now, MSRP. This, this coming versus, from a guy to drop 250 bucks on a game. And he's, $40 is turning off your anticipation. But, it's for it's for value. It's for what I get. And usually, whenever I pay two hundred and fifty bucks for a game, it's because you know it's super rare and out of print and do hard you, to get. And do all you that. think you're not going to get value out of? Uh... I. It's just too much for an expansion, man. Okay. It, it, bottom line, that's, yeah, yeah. That's what it comes I, out. No, to I, me. I can totally totally understand that. So. So what do you think I, it's going to do to the game uh, in terms of uh, rating? Oh, I'm sure it'll end up being a four. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, this is cool. This yeah. is good. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I don't see a bad thing about the expansion, save for the price tag. Right. How about you? My anticipation is a five. Wow, really? Yeah. I, I don't care about the 40 bucks, I guess. But, um, um, and, and, and I think that this may be an impetus to get um, RR back on the table. It's a pretty fantastic worker placement game. It really is. So, and, and like you, I think, you know, the game rating will probably be, you know, four or five, somewhere in there. I mean, you know, new stuff's always, uh, always cool. All right. So let's roll into the full games, which is the meat of the show now. Yowza. 1914, Germany at War. Designed by Emanuele Sant'Andrea. Wow. I'm, hopefully I didn't butcher it. Chinese, right? No, no, he's Italian. I'm oh. just I'm just not really good with, <laughs> with foreign names. Um he's my buddy over at Vento Nuovo Games who's hooked me up with he's blocks in the east, blocks yeah. in the west, blocks in Africa and cool. everything. So first off, this checks a lot of boxes on my likes. Block war game, check. Strategic level game, check. World War 1, check. And it's Vento Nuovo Games. 
like I said, blocks in the east, blocks in the west, etc. So that's a lot of blocks it checks off, no <laughs> pun intended. Two to three players with two, game, blocks. Uh, with two game options, the basic game, or you can add in the optional rules for a more detailed game. The production is absolutely beautiful. It's just like all the other games that they have put out. Just really high-end production quality for Black War games. They have a great track record with the World War II games, so I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Again, I, I haven't seen the game. And the rules are out there, and the pre-orders are open. Uh, so, for me, my anticipation level is a 5. Hmm. World War One block game? Sign me up, man. I, I, I'm excited. So, this was on my list. It wasn't on yours. Go ahead. Uh, my anticipation level is a two. Okay. Uh, so nineteen, yeah, whatever, right? A World War One war game. You know, do I get to dig the trenches or, or just you know, like nineteen fourteen was the best four months of the war in terms of maneuver and strategy? Because and, otherwise, it was just trench warfare for yeah, the most part. Yeah. So, like, if you want to play a World War One war game that models four months of the war, knock yourself out, buddy. Okay. Would you be willing to give it a try, though? Absolutely not. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's disappointing. There's far more interesting block games and war games to play, I think, than four months of a horrific war. <laughs> All right, well, my expected rating, then, is a five. I think it's going to be a great game. I, I, I'm i basing this off sure. of a lot of what I've read about the other, because we haven't gotten those to the table, but I'm, I'm really yeah. excited about it. Cool. So I assume yours is, like, a zero. Like, you're just yeah. not. Yeah, it's... Just not you. Yeah, right. just yeah, just that little window of and that war and that war in particular just not really tickling me. You know, okay. what I, mean? So, I mean that's really where that's rooted. That's in. fair. Yeah. I I, I blame Dan Carlin for sure, uh, sure. hardcore history yeah. for getting me on this really big World War One kick and hey, if so on. If um, it was the whole war and the whole war was a war of maneuver and stuff like sure, that, like might, World War Two, might, might be interesting. Okay, but, yeah. all right, difference of opinion. It, agreed. There. Agreed. All right, next game on the list. Uh, this was on both of our lists or no, just mine? Just yours. Just mine. Barely missed mine. Barely, barely missed mine. And that's uh, Bretagne from uh, Placentia Games and Postscriptum. It's a two to four player game, plays in about 120 minutes by Marco Pozzi. Um, first off, I, I kind of dig the notion, the theme, or like we don't care about theme anyway, but building lighthouses. I, dude, I'm a huge lighthouse fan. I know. I, uh, I am a fan of the theme. Absolutely. Here's what kind of weirded me out, though. This is from the rule book. There are three kinds of lighthouses. Heaven, purgatory, and hell. Do they mean easy, moderate, and hard? Or is this... Are we building, like... <laughs> Gates of hell? Gates of hell <laughs> lighthouses? or I, I don't know. But anyway, it looks like um, you know, you're managing workers, resources, money, and weather to build these lighthouses... Um, I didn't have time to really dig into the rules, just a cursory glance and picked up that heaven, purgatory, and hell thing. <laughs> just kind of went, whoa. And um, it just looks like it has some potential to me. I agree. The, there were two things about this game in particular that interested me. Shoot. First off, the theme, like we said, yeah. with the lighthouses. The second thing is, A, it's worker placement. Right. And B, there's kind of this variable timing on when you can score, either when it when a lighthouse is finished mm -hmm. being built or at the end of the game. I kind of dig the, you know, you choose the, the bed you're going to lie yeah, in. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, so that's what interested me. It looks good. Unsure about who, if anybody, will pick this up. 
It's only available from the Italian publishers right now. Odds are, Game Surplus, you'll be yeah, able to yeah. get copies that way. Provided, because uh, I don't think I heard anything about uh, at Essen this being sold out. But it, like I said, it just barely missed my list. My anticipation level mm-hmm. and my presumed rating of the mm-hmm. game at this point are, are both fours. Okay, I, I think it, you know, like I said, it has potential. Could be something cool. Really need to try and find out. I have both of mine as threes because I think it'll have some stuff that, hey, that's pretty cool, mm-hmm. but. I just feel like it's just could be another game on games. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's no, that's my fear. You. Right on. Um, but yeah, a, a cool theme. All right, Britannia. Okay, next game, Burano. The designers are Sen and Ling. It's a 2015 release, obviously from Emperor S4 Games. It's a two to four player, 120 minute game. So I watched on the BGG feed. They had a whole bunch of games. There's another one that didn't quite make my list uh, that was just absolutely gorgeous. I wonder if Taiwan is the next Portugal mm. in a sense that the designers are, you know, up and comers. Kind of like in Portugal, you had Nuno Santiago, right, right, right. Paulo, you had uh, Vital. Well, and what all was the other games? Um, and I knew you were going to ask oh. me that. And I took. Never mind. By the end if of the show, to I will mind, have it. Let me know what it is. All right. Uh, so with Burano, uh, have you seen pictures of the island of Burano? I actually looked them up okay. when I was doing the research. Dude, yes. holy like color palette. It's <laughs> it's um it's vibrant. Uh, yes, it is. It, Shockingly. It, but the game matches that. It does. And and that Mahjong like stacking and unstacking of cubes, the cube driven their pyramid, pyramid driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um looks pretty cool, you know, re- removing the free cubes and the way you stack it, I, I don't think I've seen that in other games. Could this be the mythical innovation? It very well could. I do know that this was on my geek list and kind of on my radar for the last few months. Mm -hmm. And it was more or less just kind of, oh, that looks interesting. Okay. And as we got closer and closer to Essen, the hype about or the, the buzz around this game just got higher and higher. Sure. And at Essen, it was on everybody's you know, list of stuff, and it sold out like that. Yeah, at Essen. So that's that's a good sign, at least as far as it's a sign of the hype or a sign of some people have played it and 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 spread the word a little bit or something. Right. Um, my my anticipation of Burano is a four. I'm hoping that the game will also be at least a four. Both of mine also were fours. I'm hoping it's higher. I yeah, but but it's just that, that that unique mechanic. Not just that, but I mean, listeners know I like kind of muted, you know, color palettes on games. Like you look what? at, you know, the Spielworks games. Right, I, right. I, I like that kind of mute. But I gotta say, it this game super vibrant, yeah. super opposite of muted, right? But beautiful in yeah. its own way, and really fits the 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 theme that yeah. they're going for, appropriate to the island. So yeah, I ha- I have it as both fours in anticipation. And expected rating, I expected to be above average. But that said, if I w- if I was able to order a copy right now, I'd do it. Absolutely, cool. That's Burano. All right. Next up on both of our lists, yes, is the Deluvia project. But let's face it, y'all knew it was going to be on mine for sure. Why is that? Um, let's see. Designed by Alexandre Garcia and published by Spielworks. There you go. All right. Two to four players, hundred twenty minutes. The Earth is overpopulated, and the first Sky City is now planned, named the Deluvia Project. 
So you manage the construction of this sky city. Let's see. Worker placement. Spielworks. Oh, and Vito Lacerda is a fan of the game. All right, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Sold. All right. That sounds cool. Uh, a couple of things that stand out for me with this title. Uh, number one is uh, the way the market works. You, Everyone has this little Zeppelin counter and... Uh, steampunk theme, uh, I don't care, right? right but it's, sure. it's some freaking weird Zeppelin. Um, and not so, lead. No, not okay. lead Zeppelin. All right, okay. Hopefully this game will not go over like a lead Zeppelin. <laughs> ah. um, you put your, your Zeppelin on the on a row or a column in the market, and then you could buy on your turn in player order, you can buy any number of the tiles from the market in your row or column just might happen that your Zeppelin and my Zeppelin and Paul Chad Zeppelin and Amanda Zeppelin are all, there's some sort of intersection there. And I may be able to buy stuff, even if I don't need it, just to deny it from to you and everything. So getting to the market, selecting your rows and having a little bit of business Crossover, interaction right, yeah. sounds kind of cool to me. It does look kind of, other than that, maybe, you know, standard worker placement, resource conversion to build buildings. But um, you know, knowing Uli, it's probably pretty damn well executed sure um i think i think he's a good uh, a good developer so i i think therefore it's worth investigation um i did see a spanish bgg -er put a comment up from us and that was like the buildings appear uh, in order depending on the turn so the game could be repetitive and interaction is very limited i assume he means from the players right each player can do his neighborhood and avoid trouble with others so eh, whatever I also saw a comment from uh, a fan of the show, Jimmy, who was like, hey, where is the interaction in this yeah, after right, reading right, through the right. rules? So that, that kind of gives me pause a bit. Mm -hmm. Not so much the lack of interaction, just the, you mentioned the repetitive, you know, the, yeah, the lack be. of variability there. Um, but it's a slight pause. Uli said that uh, this won the Hippodice Award for Gamers Game earlier this year. So that that's kind of cool. He also said that the game mechanics are simple, but when they're put together, they make a heavy game. Now, Uli also told us that in, in Europe, Kraftwagen is considered heavy, so I'm kind of expecting really a medium weight game here. Um, what's your anticipation on this? Um, it's a five. Uh, okay. You got, a, you got a good mix of things for me. The worker placement, which I'm a huge you know fan of. Spielworks, I'm a fanboy. Um, and honestly, Vitals um, kind of... Blessing of the game mm -hmm. carries a little bit of weight with me. Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Now, my expected rating, what do I expect it to fall as? I think it'll be a four. Okay. Um, I have high expectations, but I just, I don't think this is going to be ZOMG. This is going to be the greatest thing. Not because, the next arc, right? No, it, I, I don't anticipate that. Hey, prove me wrong. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to be wrong on all these in a, be in a good way. Yeah. How about you? Anticipation level four okay. for me. Um, definitely want to see how it plays out. And um, I, I think the same as you. I'm anticipating the game rating to be probably around a four. Okay. That's the Deluvia project. So let's um, let's stay with the Spielwerks theme for a second here. I, I'm on board. All right. <laughs> it just so happens they rolled alphabetically. They did. Right. Um, Haithabu. Is the mm -hmm. next game on, on both of our lists, correct? It it's is. On my, yes. Um, Heidenheim and Molter are the designers. It's a two to four player, 120 minute game. Seems to be a, a common thing. Two to four players, 120 minutes. Right. And again, I. E. Standard, standard Euro. Standard time. Euro. Right, right. 
Um, in Haithabu, it says um, it's really it's named after an important Viking trading post and everything. And players are Vikings, and they're going to trade with the known world while also living through the changes and the dark days at the end of the early Middle Ages. In the game, the player is going to take turns performing individual actions on an action rondel. Right. Okay. Okay. Rondel. Right. Okay. Well, I'm listening. Um, and what's most critical in the game is the timing of the action, because in each round, each color of action can only be selected once. This is from the write-up on the game. And the players, and here's where it really grabbed me again, the players must react to market price changes, and then here's where it lost me a little, and event dice that can <laughs> cause complications. So I didn't know whether to like get excited or get pissed off or what. I mean, I'm like, wow, i got to play this. Sure. It's Vikings, too. Well, yeah, I knew... I knew when when the theme was Vikings, I knew you would be all over this. Yeah. You just like you knew, oh, it's Spielworks? Right. right. Edward's gonna be interested. So let let's just get the uh, the elephant into the room. Okay. Event dice. Yeah. The dice uh, this scares the crap out of me. The dice are gonna cause market fluctuations. Okay, I can live with that. Okay. The implementation in Tinner's Trail, for example. Sure. Wonderful. It makes sense. You makes don't know sense. how the market's going right. to go turn to turn. Affects everybody. Sure. Right? Okay. I'm on board. Here's the weird thing. Uh, that the other thing that dice do. I, I, I don't know about this. When you take actions on the quote-unquote night side of the rondelle, I assume because doing things at night in a Viking town would be a tad more risky right. to your personal <laughs> safety, um, you will roll an event die. And the events are... Kind of they in the rule book they're there they they look to me like the worst kind of crap I dislike in games. Return a transport vehicle. All other players return one good. Return one of your characters. Receive one of blah from each other player. That crap's got no room in heavy economic games. Maybe this isn't that. I think that's there's no. fair hesitation there you can buy a second die for 20 silver pieces so now i can roll two dice and pick the the least worst event mm-hmm. right so right. i have my choice do i want to lose a transport vehicle or a character right or maybe everyone else loses right. something and gives it to you or whatever i guess i don't have to choose any night actions but i'm assuming i have to because they're good actions plus if you choose one and you roll an event dice that takes something from me i really didn't mitigate crap there did sure. I? right so i don't know i you know hey the night side it's a viking town it could be some thematic hullabaloo but that's it sounds like hullabaloo <laughs> to me that's that's really kind of scaring me now the market stuff i l o b e market stuff and there are six freaking markets in this game now the board, just looking at the board yeah. and, and those markets reminds me of the markets in Arkwright. I'm not saying it has anything to do with sure. one or the other, but just when I saw that, I was like, huh. So kind of, you know, antenna goes up like, oh, really? So it got me definitely curious. Um, my gut tells me that this falls into a similar weight category as maybe something like Lagranha. Uh, that they put out mm-hmm. last year as well. Sure, that sounds reasonable. I, I think, especially when you factor in these event dice, that it could be, you know, uh, implementing too much random in a in a non-positive way for the game, mm-hmm. which is going to bring the weight of the game down. Mm-hmm. Anticipation and expected rating for you, sir. Okay, um, 
I really want this to be a good game. Okay. Uh, and before I got a chance to peruse the rules, five. Okay. After the rules, anticipation's kind of a three. Really? The event dice All because stuff of those is, dice. is just kind of weirding me out, you know? Um, it's going to be, I'm going to buy it, I'm going to play it, I'm going to check it out, because <laughs> it's got everything I love in it, and uh, Uli's a killer dude, and Spielverks is awesome, but it's got some stuff in there that really freaks me out. So I don't even know what my my expected rating of the gameplay will be, because it's really going to depend on those event dice, man. This is going to be one for the fire, or one for the collection, I don't know. Okay. I'm fours across the board. Uh, I agree with you on the, it was really high until the event dice, but you know what? We don't know until we try it. It could be a a, a total non, right? you know, we're getting worked up about something that really is a I am worked up, too. (laughs) I know. Um, So, yeah, fours across the board for me, and I hope it's higher. That's Haithabu. All right. Next up is what might have been a Spielworks game, which would have put us three in a row. Once upon a time. Right. And that is Hospel Connect, designed by Thomas Spitzer and published now by Quinted Games. So this is the third game in the designer uh, Thomas Spitzer's Cole trilogy. Mm -hmm. The previous two games in the series were Rorschaffert, 1769-1890, and Colon Colony, both published by Spielworks. Mm -hmm. However... Spielworks backed out, and so Quinn had picked it up. No one is 100% sure as to why that happened. However, it makes me nervous. It, 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 it gives me pause, the fact that, you know, hey, here's this three-game series, and now one is going to a different publisher. So that's my apprehension mm-hmm. about the game. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get it, because I'm going to complete the series, um, but Quinta Games isn't exactly known for heavy games. And, sure. and the fact that the first two in the series very much are, this makes me think maybe this one won't be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the theme, and I love the first two, but I just I just don't know if this quite fits with the other two. I, I hope that makes sense. Why my apprehension? Yeah, it definitely does. It, it looks great. It looks cool. The it might feel like board. one of those, a, a book trilogy where the author died after the second and, and somebody else wrote the third or something like that. I mean, hopefully not, you know. Not that we're wishing this on Mr. Spitzer here. No, no, no. But it seems like it, like the possibility of a disconnect from the first two is there is what I'm saying. Sure. Uh, I definitely look forward to trying it. I like mining themes. The other two games I thought were, were okay. I really liked Richard for Fart. Uh, I do need to do Colin Colony again because I had 102 freaking fever when you taught it to me. And, yeah, that was a and bad I, idea. I had to like quit and go to bed. Like I was really jacked sick. up, right? You right, know? right. And so I had a horrible time. Um, so yeah, and, and uh, this one's got like a hexagon layout on the board and stuff right. like that. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be different. Right. It's not gonna be like the other two. The one is not like the first, or you know what I mean. So, but they they do have that theme, and just the, theme the theme comes through on both the games, in my opinion. So we'll see how this plays sure. out. I have it pre-ordered. Okay. Um. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, looking what, forward to giving it. What a, is your go. anticipation and and your other rating? So my anticipation level is I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's a four. It's it should okay. be a you know I'm hoping it's a good game. I'm really yeah. hoping that it's a it's a one that stays in the collection to. To finish the series. However, 
my expected rating, because of my apprehensions and everything, I expect it to, to fall below average. Hmm. I hope I'm wrong. Man, I want to be right, wrong on right. this. But yeah, that's it. It's a four comma three for me. Okay. Um, definitely a four in anticipation for me. I, I'm looking forward to playing it, like I said, giving it a try. Um Definitely probably want to do Colon Colony again first. Sure. Just yeah. to get that one back in my skull. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, and, and I, I just have no um, no way to gauge what I think the game might be. You know, hopefully, uh, I guess my guts are going to say, well, you know, most games are threes or fours in the world, you know, really, uh, in my opinion. So it's probably going to be in that area. Okay. And that's Hospital Connect. Next up, we have a game that we actually... Just got today in today. the mail. Uh, and that's Imperios Millenarios. Designed by Juan Carbael. Published by El Dragon Azul. Yeah, what so, a cool name. Yeah, I, I know it is. The right? Blue Dragon. Well, uh, so this is an Argentinian Civ game. And i got to be honest with you. For the last two years, this has been one of my grail games. I have no idea how to play the game. Because it... I, I, I it's Didn't even not, come with rules. It did, well... Because they're translating the rules right now. <laughs> Unless you can um, speak Spanish. Right. and Or, or read Spanish, for that yeah, matter. And I can't sorry. do either of those. Yes. So, it was impossible to get unless you got one of the limited quantities produced in Argentina. A reprint was announced earlier this year. And we've been lucky enough to get a copy. Thank you to El Dragon uh, Azul. It's a Civ game with some deck building and role selection in it. And it's kind of a riff on Civ... But it's playable in two and a half to three hours. That's what thrills me right there. It's uh, I'm I'm fascinated by this game, and I have when it, I've seen the pictures of it over the last couple of years. The reprint should be available in the U.S. Uh, probably in November. Um, it's built like a collector's edition. It, it does. It comes in a wooden box. Yeah. It has this eco leather pleather. Yeah, well, but it's nicer than no, the hide. Yeah, it's just it's it's fake le- it's faux leather. Yeah, it's but very it's, cool. It's got the grainy texture and everything. Right. That's the map as well as the like little player board things well, and and parts of the box are covered with that too. Right. So it's it's well produced. The rest of the pieces are 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 all plastic. Um, but yeah, I just I'm, I'm excited to get the rules and get this thing to the table. Yeah. So. Do you have anything to add on that, sir? Yeah. Uh, I didn't really know tons and tons about the game. My first time actually seeing the game physically was obviously well, tonight. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But I'd seen it. You know, I'd uh, done my homework. Just uh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful map. You know, I'm a map freak, so I'm like, oh my god. And yeah, a Sylph Builder game that can play in two to three hours. You know, Sylph Builders can be a little wonky sometimes. If you find a good Sylph Builder, you found a gem be great if this was a gem man i'm hoping so plus you know i'll be honest i i it would be cool to see a game from a non-traditional game producing area of the world yes. not many games coming out of argentina that i'm aware of maybe argentina will be the next taiwan which would be the next portugal right exactly <laughs> so yeah um as far as anticipation level what do you got uh a, a four because okay. um I, i'd like to say higher and maybe it should be a five frankly after seeing the box <laughs> and, the, and the map, um, and and understanding that it's like a three-hour Civ game, that's a riff on a much, 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 much longer Civ game, which is a freaking fantastic game in, in its own right. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead. I, I have a four down here, but I'm going to change it on the fly to a five. Rock on! And uh, I, 
I have no idea. Like like I said, Civ games could be wonky. This could be a three. This could be a two. This could be a five. I don't know. Wait, do you expect it to be? Pick a number. Get off the fence. All right, four. All right. So for me, anticipation level, it's been a grail game of mine for two years, oh. dude. Is six even high enough for you? Yeah, right. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's a ten, It's baby. very much a six. Um, I'm happy with the component quality yeah. uh, that the second edition has. I don't feel like, man, I missed out, you know, with the wooden box of the first edition and everything. Right. They kept true to that, and it just, it gives you a collector's edition feel without it being a collector's edition. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my anticipation level is a six. My expected rating, I expect this to be good. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm rating it. I like your I'm, attitude I'm on that. I'm giving it a five. Yeah. I, you know what? I hope I'm wrong. And by wrong, I mean it's higher. Awesome. I hope. So I'm giving it anticipation six, expected rating a five. And that's Imperios Millenarios. All right. The next game on our list is Lignum. Both of our lists? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. I back this. I, okay. I, that's, I right. This that's right. That's right. Yeah. I've pre-ordered it. Yeah. Um, the designer's last name is Humor. It's being published by Muka Spila, and it's a two to four player, 120 minute game. Where have we heard that before? I, have we? I that's new. Really. Lignum, more. which is Latin for wood, sheep for wit lignum, is a game. Um, it's a game for lovers of complex strategy games, is what they say. Hi. Uh, yes. Table for two. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Garçon. Uh, after cutting and transporting your wood, don't think your job is finished. You still have to optimize your entire processing chain. When I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. tell me more. Yes. Right? Um, that sounds hard. I like that. <laughs> uh, if your supply lines are set up and the timber has been approved for felling, then the players can claim an area using secretly selected cards. Okay. Since each of the areas contains different amounts of food and wood, the players must learn to recognize and adapt to their opponent's strategies because if player, multiple players are in the same area, you know, it's less to go around, et cetera, et cetera. And you have to decide how that wood that you would fell is going to be transported to their lumber yards by raft, by foot, by sled in the winter. I mean, that seems like there is a, your favorite word here, plethora of, of things going on about how to Chop down your wood and get it to market. You know, like if a woodchuck could chuck wood, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck? And you have to think about new acquisitions, saws, sleds, pasture land, and fulfill orders to sell the wood. Uh, because in the end, this business is all about money. Hmm. <laughs> and whoever can make the most wins. So a worker placement game about logging in the 19th century. Yeah. There's a theme you don't see too often. No, no, no. I, you know, I dig, I dig yeah. oddball themes. This is a weird hobby. Yeah, it, isn't it really? <laughs> I mean. I love it. Huh. You know, I just think it. So what's the new game about? So stick with me. It's the 1800s. Right. In Germany. In Germany. <laughs> and you're a lumberjack. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? Right. <laughs> I know, right? God, we're such geeks. I tried to explain an 18xx game to somebody at work, and they were like, huh? <laughs> so anyway. So, cool decisions, you know, look to be how to transport, you know, the wood and whether to take the immediate rewards or you have to decide whether or not to dry the wood out and get better rewards yeah. later. That seems just like a cool... Right. Uh, detail right. to not overlook no you're absolutely right that's one of those um 
how much money do I need right now and how much can I afford invest, you know type of decision mm-hmm. that's, that's really really cool Jay Play his video I was so thrilled cool, when man. I saw that yeah. I was like okay yeah I'm, I'm happy I got this here's the things that I drew, drew out of his video loans that kind of uh, <laughs> insinuates that money's tight and will be for me right two food and heat seems to matter I might have to burn some of this wood not sell it right three Workers and tools and sometimes food combine to do things. I need a horse, and I need to feed that horse, and I need a wagon to haul that wood. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Okay. And there is a scheduled tasks variant that comes in the game that looks to add some uh, an additional layer of advanced planning. So, I mean, there's a lot of things here that, that have me uh, hopeful for the game. Yeah, I I don't really have a whole lot of apprehensions. Like there, there's nothing. There's no event dice in this game. Yeah, as an example. Um, so anticipation level, okay, uh, and expected rating, yes, fives for both for uh, me. Yeah, for me. Yeah, what about, for, uh, a five on anticipation. Okay, I sure hope it's going to be a five. You know, might be a four. I don't know. I mean, I hell, it, it could be terrible. It might light it on fire. But this yeah. is what. If I were to, if I were to light one hundred and thirty dollars on fire, <laughs> or a lot less if you backed it. Yeah, but well, yeah, I didn't. You know, so. <laughs> well, and you know what was weird is like at first I was kind of man, eh, whatever, and then you know Jay Play's video got me into it and stuff, and so mm-hmm. I've definitely warmed to this game. Cool, rock on. That's Lignum. So next up is the biggest game on our list. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 mega. Even. It's it's massive. Uh, mega Civilization. Designed by Flo de Han and John Rodriguez, published by 999 Games. Ooh. So we had a Civ game that we talked about here in a, a little bit ago that has been one of my grail games, and that's Imperios Millenarios. So um, take Advanced Civ, change it up, put it on steroids, and make it way bigger, mm-hmm. and you have Mega Civ. Uh, so there's lots of changes, but years of playtesting this game have gone into. It started with Advanced Civ, and everybody involved in the making of this game were lovers of Advanced Civilization, which is that you know massive, all-day, 12-hour Civ game. Right. Well, they took that and then just took stuff out, added stuff, played around with it, morphed it, and it still has... The, the guts and the soul of advanced, advanced Civ, but now it's just streamlined and better in places in which they thought they could do better. Hmm. So it plays 5 to 18 players. I want to see that in action. I don't necessarily want to take place in that game to take <laughs> right. part but i want right. to see and i want to watch player. other people play it right <laughs> and see what they're doing it plays six to 18 p- players in six to 15 hours which six hours totally reasonable so on the lower end of the player count for for advanced civ to play in six hours would be phenomenal that'd be unheard of the cool thing about this in my opinion I saw this great unboxing video. And by great, I mean it was absolutely terrible. Because then I had to have one. Oh. <laughs> so there was an unboxing video at Essen. And uh, yeah, it just it looks incredible. It's supposed to weigh 22 pounds. 
Um, it's about the size of my table. I don't even know if I have a table big enough to play it. I don't care. I ordered one. Go to the gym, play it on the floor. Right. Folks going to BGG Con can pre-order this at the I like it's Spiel Pegasus, I think. Uh or or the nine night look on the forums if you're interested. You can pre-order it uh to pick it up at BGG Con. Warning, it's a massive box. And it's 22 pounds. Southwest will charge you an extra $50 just for bringing this game <laughs> right. home. It's not cheap also, as you might expect. Yeah. Big wooden box, ridiculous, but awesome looking. 199 euros. Mm. At least the euros week right now, so yeah. that's good for us 1. Americans. 1, right? So, do you have any input? Here? Well, yeah, so uh, bigger, right? Bigger, more, more, bigger. Not always a good thing, right? So, Agreed. You know I'm a World War II nut, so uh, the Germans had the Panzer Kampfwagen IV. That was a great tank. They said, man, more tank, more cowbell would be better. So they came up with the Tiger. And they're like, man, this tank's awesome. So they did the Tiger II. Man, this tank is killer. We need more tank, more cowbell. So they came up with the Mouse, which never got past prototype. It was just a big slab of unmovable metal. That... So I hope this is not the Mouse. Even though it made it past prototype. Sure. For me, the thing that makes me think it won't be the mouse in your example is the years and years of playtesting that went into this. I have confidence that this is... It's going to be a winner. I really believe that. The question is, maybe we only get it out on the table once or twice a year. Like a sieve. But I'm okay with that, really. Sure. This will be played, I assure you, at HeavyCon next year. And that will be a day at HeavyCon, and I am totally okay with that. Hopefully we'll play it before that so I know if I'm going to do something else. Because <laughs> my, my anticipation is a three. I really don't know. I mean, this game's going to be a two or a five in implementation, okay. I think. Again, when you find a good Civ game, it's a gem. Sure. The 6 to 15 hour playtime doesn't scare me. I'm totally no, fine with that. No, playtime doesn't scare any right. of us. Right, fair. Anticipation level... But I better get something for that. ...is a 6, because it's through the roof, because yeah. this is so... Wow. You know, this becomes the showpiece of the of the collection, you know? Um, expected rating? I, I sure expect it so. to be damn good. It better be a 5, you know? Better so, be a better be. Yeah. So that's my... One of my most anticipated games, Mega Civilization. All right, the next game on our list is... Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, on my list On only. your list. On my list only is, um, is a reprint of a game that has been uh, OOP for a while, yet not reviewed by us. Um, <laughs> yet. Mexica, the Kiesling und Krama famous game. Uh, this one is produced by Yellow. It's a two to four player. No, no, 90 minutes. On, on this game, and uh, like I said, this is a this is a reprint of a 2002 game, but it's fresh and beautiful. It's got resin temples. I mean, it's just like mm, game piece porn. It's just a it's an incredibly uh, incredibly gorgeous game. The things that are attracting me to this game are the way that the board is constructed during play. You're with the temples and the canals and the bridges. How you're carving out little districts, they call them, and. God, it just looks gorgeous when when the game when the game is done. You're looking at this board, going, "Wow!" Uh, it is definitely an abstract uh, game, and uh, the action points are there to uh, to spend with lots and lots of choices. And um, 
yeah, you know, taking on, taking over districts, cutting off possibilities of other players. I'm into it. It does look good on the table. I'll give you that. I'll be honest though. It just, I'm just not terribly interested in it. Um, I hope to be proven wrong. I mean, it must be great, right? It's getting reprinted. Oh <laughs> yeah, baby. So my anticipation rating, it's only a four. Actually. Okay. All right. And I'm expecting the game to be, I, I want to say five, but four, because it's not the kind of game that's going to get a lot of play, but it's going to be, let's jack each other up for half an hour. Okay. Okay. For me, my anticipation is a two. I'm sure the game will be fine. Like, I'm, <laughs> obviously, you know, it's it's a 13, 14-year-old game getting reprinted. There's got to be demand for it. So right. It goes people, for a, a buck or two. So I'm sure it's a, it's a, not the game. It's me. But I just Fair. can't get excited about it. Sure. That said, you get me to the table. You put it down. You, Odds are, I'm probably going to enjoy it. You fondle the temple. Sure. I, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Cool. So I expect it to be rated a four. Okay. But I'm just not into Like, you're going to have to be like, okay, let's play this. And I'll be like, eh, all right, I'll give it a try. But cool. Meh, whatever. Right on. That is Mexico. All right. Now, one of the games that was off everyone's radar, except for Heavy Cardboard, Yay! you know, for months. And this is right? on both of our lists. Yeah, this goes back to, like, March. I was excited about this game. Even though there is super little info yeah. about there. Uh, and that's Mombasa. Designed by Alexander Pfister. Published by Pegasus Spiel and R&R Games for yes. here in the States. Yes. Economic game where players invest in African trading companies during the colonial years. Again, not a theme you hear about much. Again, this is a weird hobby. Yeah, but, <laughs> Love but, it. That, but that really appeals to me. Themes abstracted, and it's not really investigated, which is kind of a bummer. That, that you don't go into the colonial, you know... Stuff that say the deprivations. Again, yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, if you're going to have the theme, you know what I mean. So yeah. that's kind of a bummer, but whatever. One thing I will say that has me even more excited recently than I was with Mombasa previously. Just going off that one line, the economic game, investing in African companies, right? Mm-hmm. Is Masters of Venice, right? The fact that r r Games put out Masters of Venice, and we enjoyed that so much, mm-hmm. I I have pretty high expectations, even though I know very little about Mombasa. How about you? Yeah, um, I guess it's a programmed action game, and I, I like some of that stuff. I like programmed actions. Um, have a few of those games in my collection. Cash and investments wins the game. Well, yeah, I'm into that. Um the diamond stuff, you know, the sure. diamond industry and stuff. So there's some thematic elements in there. I'm definitely looking forward to giving Mombasa a try. It's definitely not a kid's game from R&R. Right, yeah, yeah, because some of their time's up and all that. But yeah. no, no. Uh, anticipation level and expected rating. Uh, four for okay. anticipation level. And um, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. It's going to be a four or five. Okay. Uh, for me, it's fours across the board. Okay. Um, if there was a little bit more info out there, I think it could go a little bit higher. I don't imagine it would be lower mm, unless the, uh, unless there was something just woo. Event you know? nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, fours across the board for Mombasa. Next, we have what has become an annual placement on this list. <laughs> 
and this game comes out every year? No, no, but the designers uh, are on our anticipated list every year, it seems. Yeah. And that's Nuno Santiero and Polo Soledad. No, you know what? No, it's Polo Soledad and Nuno Santiero. Because Nuno always comes first whenever we do this. And the game is Nippon. Okay. Published by one of our favorite publishers. What's your game? Two to four players, 90 minutes. So the track record of the designers and the publisher alone dictate I will buy this. The end. Yes. If I knew nothing else, you tell me three things. Nuno, Polo, what's your game? Sold. Done. If you tell me, because I'm publisher agnostic with all due respect to what's your game because they're fantastic. You tell me Nuno and Polo, sold. Okay, fair enough. Uh, economic games set in the transitional time in, in Japan from feudal times up to the industrialization of the country. That's cool. That yeah, sounds yeah, fun. Yeah. What what kinds of industry to invest in? Ding. Hello. Um, it says uh, it says it's a fast paced economic game with challenging decisions and ninety minute playtime. Ninety minute playtime is kind of short for this for these two guys. It is because you look at Panamax, you look at Madeira, mm-hmm. both you know longer. They're a couple than hour that. games, right? You know? So uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm. It sounds lighter than Padilla, than Madeira. Absolutely. Maybe, maybe Panamax weight. Maybe a little bit lighter because I, I think I think Panamax is heavier than you and I give it credit for the interaction. Yeah, be, well, just for average Joe, you know, for non-heavy cardboard gamers, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think this is probably going to be a little bit lighter than both of those. Um, gorgeous graphics, like the box. Oh my, yeah, that was phenomenal. I will say. That I really like the stark contrast on the pro- their prototype board, the uh, bright orange and dark just black hmm. borders. Okay, they did away with that, which I'm kind of bummed. But the it's the same artist as you know, it's what's your game? So it's right. Ianelli. Oh yeah, Mariano. Yeah, Mariano Ianelli. Uh, so yeah, I, excited about it. It's fives across the board for me. Uh, well, you know, there could be some. Uh... A risky play factor going on in the game with with this area influence. It it looks like um, you could take some chances in your play, and it could cost you. And that sounds kind of cool. Um, definitely a risk of losing ground gained if you play too risky. And that that there should be that, some penalty. Yeah, that, to that, that part that part sounds uh, kind of interesting to me. Uh, my anticipation level is a five, and uh, man, I hope this game's a five. Sure, I would like this game to compete. For the elephant, the golden elephant. I don't know if it will. Might be a little quick or light for that. But uh, might be a fantastic game. As of right now... Don't say it. There's just not a ton of games that scream Golden Elephant Award. There's one. Up to this point. (laughs) Just saying, there's not a lot of them. Yeah. All right, so that's Nippon. And the next game is... uh, I'm, I'm really surprised this isn't on Edward's list. I'll be honest. This time of year... I live on Board Game Geek, which a lot of our friends and everything know. So for you to come up with a game that I not only just don't have on my... But wasn't even on my radar. Two of those you said. This one and another one. Oh yeah, that's true. That just completely had no clue about. So yeah, tell us. Uh, Nord is the game by Roland and Johannes Goslar. It's published by Kronberger Spiele. It is a it's a thirty minute Viking themed area control game. Okay, 
<laughs> I, I I'm looking for things that challenge me in in a 30 minute period while we're trying between games and stuff like that. But when I saw the area control, you were not a fan. I'm not of a fan. area control. I don't so, want to play a three hour area control game. But a 30 minute, yeah, maybe. Yeah, right. Okay. And Viking themed? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, in Nord, each player leads a clan, ordering workers and fishermen, performing attacks, uniting settlements, and providing their fighters with raw materials and food. Each player starts with one Jarl and one warrior in a settlement, and a typical game turn takes up to three steps, placing new workers, attacking settlements, and scoring points. The game ends after four scorings, and uh, the final scoring of the, of the treasures that the players hoarded throughout the game, most points, wins. Uh, Jay Play's video made it look interesting to me. It was kind of, uh, it's a tile laying. You build a world with tile laying, and so it's going to be different every time. So the challenges of uh, uniting the settlements and doing the different things um, will be, will, it won't be static. And it's quick playing, and it's Viking themed. So um, that that kind of got me interested in the game. It's not, I could be heavy or anything like that. I'm looking for, I'm always on the lookout for, as we've categorized, thinky filler. Right, maybe and this maybe this is some of that. It looks like cute, thinky filler to me. So, is okay. is the way I have it written down here? Uh, you know, anticipation level four. If okay. I don't ever get it, eh, whatever. Um, but I'd like to. Okay. Um, I think particularly like this is a game uh, Matt Matt and I Matt Grippen and I uh-huh. would 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 dig because we're both Viking freaks, right? So, um, shoot, man, this game could be a one. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we'll have to just see what it's going to be. It's not going to be a six, I'm sure, for gameplay. For me, anticipation, I just, like I said, it wasn't even on my list. Uh, like, on my radar, much less my list. I have it as a two. Yeah. Um, expected rating, I expect it to be probably a throwaway. Like a game on a game on a pile of games. Sure. Uh, I have it rated as a three. For comparison, on the same level of game, trombone. I would rate as a three. Sure, okay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. take yeah. it or leave it. I, d- I fully don't expect Nord to be in your wheelhouse. Okay. Yeah. That's Nord. You knew Phil Eklund had to make a, the list here at some point. And next up, we have Pax Premier. Um, I guess you could also throw in the collector's edition of Pax Porfiriana. I'm getting that. I sold my original one because I'm getting the, the uh, collector's edition of it. But we're not going to talk about that because... It's basically the same game. Hmm. So Pax Premier, however, designed by Phil Eklund hmm. and uh, a buddy of mine, Cole Whirl. I, I don't know if it's Whirl. Cruel World? <laughs> Cole Whirl or Whirly. I don't know how to say his last name. Oh, okay. Sorry, Cole. Uh, published by Sierra Madre Games, which is Phil Eklund. So it's the next in the Pax series after, after the wildly successful Pax Porfiriana. And instead of Mexico, players represent Afghan tribal leaders in, wait for it, 19th century. Sweet. Seems to be a theme this year. You notice that? With Fighting our, the Brits and Russians, maybe. Uh, we're told that there's enough differences between this and, and Pax Porfiriana to be familiar, but very much its own game. Hmm. Long story short, I'm a huge fan of Pax Porfiriana. Um, it's top 15 game for me. Hmm. Uh, so, couple that with... A cool, unique theme, uh, a topic not covered by much of anything, and the fact that I know the designer, it's high on my anticipation list. How about you? Uh, nah. My uh, anticipation is a three. Game will probably be a three. 
and uh, I'm not as enamored with Pax Porf as you are, and I'm okay. sure that'll carry over to this. Okay, yeah. I, that's fair. It's fours across the board for me, um, and yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see the artwork and just the uh, the the story that the game's going to tell. Because I'll be honest, I don't know anything about Afghan tribal leaders in the 19th century. And the thing I like about stuff like this mm. is it makes me want to go investigate and learn. I'm the world's biggest, you know, five-year-old yeah. why and how and stuff in that respect. And in, games like this do that. In my uh, miniature wargaming hobby that, you know, I, I used to be really into, um, the British colonial period in Afghanistan um, was uh, one of my favorite uh, favorites to play, man. Those tribes, like factions, those, yeah, okay. yeah. You know, like the Patans are fighting against the Brits, and the Brits have um, Gurkha help and Indian help and stuff. It's just uh, crazy fights, man. Wicked, wicked time. Cool, rock on. So that's Pax Pamir. All right. So the the next game on the list is Porta Nigra, and it's all you, Kiesling und Grama, Stronghold Games in the USA. Anyway, 120. Um, I wait. Well, 120 minutes. Minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Four players, what? Uh, I don't always love every K&K game. Really? Kiesling. Hold on. Kiesling und Krama. I'm raising the bullshit flag. Oh, but, not a kiss. There was one. But Fine. I want to try them all. <laughs> okay. Uh, and this is one. And uh, it's got the Torres-like plastic buildings. It looks kind of cool. It looks like it could be kind of neat. Um, plenty of choices seem to abound. It's another action point game. Uh, K&K, like, freaking invented action points. So they are the masters of that. One of our listeners in, in their um, email to us for, uh, for the contest said that they're looking forward to this game, too. And, and here's what uh, John said. And I was like, I wrote him back, John, I'm going I'm oh, to quote saw, you on yeah, this, I man. Yeah, I saw that, right. He says, it's no accident that action points and analysis paralysis share the same initials. And I just thought that was an awesome statement that I had to... I had to requote, retweet, if you will. So, anyway, uh, not much to say about Porta Negra other than it's a K&K game, so I want to try it. Um, man, this is going to be a two or it's going to be a five or a four. You know what I mean? My anticipation level is a four. Not in any hurry to try it. You know, the world's not going to end if I don't try Porta Negra soon. Uh, but I would like to try it. K&K is a mixed bag for me. Yeah, same. Um, it looks cool on the table. I mean, all the pictures. Yeah. I mean, I've looked at it. Half a dozen times over the last number of months, and I want to want it, but I just get really a milk toast feel hmm. to it. Um, anticipation levels a two, and for me, I expect it to be a three. Surprise me, but yeah, just meh. Porta Negra. Next, we have the producer 1940 to 1944, designed by Manlio Zaninati. Published by Apocalypse Inc. Hmm. So it's a worker placement game where you handle most of the aspects of movie making during the time period in the game's name. That's cool to me. Beautiful production. I mean, wow. This thing looks just really, really pretty. Um, But worker placement and, and cool production and unique theme. Okay, I'm in. However... I'm a little apprehensive because some of the initial feedback that I'm getting from uh, Essen uh, says it might have too much just take that, but it's not just take that or all take that. It's just, eh, just to do it to do it type Mm. thing. And Mm. too much basic stuff that people said just doesn't feel fully fleshed out. 
Now, that's super early returns. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like Craftsman also. And we loved it, you know, after Essen. So I'm still interested to learn more. But, um, yeah, I'm a little apprehensive. Man, I I hope you're not drawing any lines to craftsmen on this no 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 i'm just saying that some of the uh, the a lot of the early uh just talk and chatter uh, on the geek and everywhere else about craftsmen was really kind of as well Hmm, so no that that's the only parallel i'm saying that don't always be the initial discussion or initial comments Mm -hmm. Can be misleading is sure. all I'm saying. That's the only parallels I'm I'm making here. Well, the golden age of Hollywood is about the only thing that could remotely interest me in this game. Okay. Um, my anticipation level is a two. I expect it to be a one. Um, event cards. Okay. Uh, and Mafia. Okay. Those things just telegraph take that. Not I'll take that. If right. you remember our discussion, yep, yep. right? Um there's a random draw of audience tokens. Okay, so there's a random demand draw in automobile. It's within a fixed range, right? It can be dealt with and everything. There's different kinds of audience members. You don't know what the hell is going to come out of the... Uh, and it says it's a three-hour game. Yeah, you let me know how it is, buddy. Yeah, I, like I said... That's I mean, too much crap for my, a three-hour my game. Initial, my initial uh, interest was high. A lot of it based on you know the production quality, worker placement, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, but yeah, I, I have the same apprehensions. Um, I, as I read more, it got lower. (laughs) I almost kicked it off the list. I wish you had. Um, but to be (laughs) honest with you, I, I had mentioned this when I was over on, uh, Robin's show on the, uh, whose turn is it anyway podcast. And I mentioned this and I was like, I feel like it would be a bit disingenuous if I didn't include it here. Um, that said, reading more and more, anticipations waned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have it as a three, and I expect it to be somewhere in the one to three range, to be honest. I'm hoping it's higher, but mm. don't have high expect. I'm not going to kill myself to go look for a copy of this. Mm. And that's the producer, 1940 and 1944. Next game on the list is, is another one that I think surprised you. Uh, Royal Goods. It completely did. Absolutely. It's uh, an Alexander Pfister game who's been a little bit hot lately. Yeah, it's the second game on our list. uh, Yeah. Uh, The publisher, kind of. (laughs) They're really not going to do a great job of publishing it because you actually can't buy it from them. Um, uh, Osterreich's Spiele Museum, which is the Austrian game museum. It's just a 30-minute game here. It's a card game. And here's my hope. Thinky filler with a tech tree. That's what I see in this game. Um, you have cards that can be used in one of three ways. Okay. As a resource, as a building, or as a good face down, right? The buildings have a production chain on them where you convert resources into better things. Here's what it says in, in the rules. Here's an example of the shoemaker card, the shoemaker building. If the shoemaker produces shoes, you can make additional shoes from leather you produced earlier. Move the cards from your tanneries to your shoemaker, turning those cards into shoes. Great deal, since shoes are worth eight coins, but leather is only worth six. So it's like, it, it, it looks like it's got some tech tree, thinky filler potential there for me. So it's going to be hard to get a copy, though. They are, they're not shipping it. Like, if you didn't go to Essen, you're not getting it kind of a deal is what it sounded like to me. So if anybody out there is listening and you have a copy of Royal Goods, and you don't want it anymore, send me a geek mail, send me an email, I want it. Or, 
Let Tony borrow it. Forever. And by Tony, I mean us. <laughs> um, so I wanted to write it off, uh, to be honest with you. But looking at the picks and everything, seems like a good bit of, you know, thinky filler. Yeah. Um, it really surprised me. i got to be honest. Um, yeah, for exact reasons that you said. And now my anticipation has gone up to a four. And it's, I feel it's going to... My, my big apprehension on this is the quote-unquote publisher. Right, right, right. You it know what needs, I mean? It needs maybe real publication. Right. Because right? it's so, not getting that. So I, I'm going to say it's probably going to be forgettable in, in a three range. Maybe. Um, but, I, yeah. hey, prove me wrong. That'd Here, be great. Here's what I'm hoping. It's the, the thinky filler that you know comes to my mind for card game is Arboretum, right? Sure. Could this be like that thinky filler level, but it's kind of like got craftsman-like Buildings with tech trees and stuff—that would be pretty cool. That would be that. That I yeah. Sign me up. So my anticipation is a five. Temper that because it's I'm expecting it for filler. A five for filler. That's not. Yeah yeah, yeah. no I yeah. I feel you and, and uh, gosh hopefully it'll be right up there with a four or five rating. I'm for filler for filler right. 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 Gotcha. That is Royal Goods. Okay, next game is ships. The the Tree Frog 2015 Martin Wallace game and the same one that was on our list. Last year. Yeah, but it's real now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm going to reverse my talking here. I'm going to say right now, Anticipation 5. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't spend a lot of time uh, preparing things to talk about on this game, just simply because uh, from what I've seen, I'm going to purchase it. I'm sure. Gonna, and um, I'm going to play it, and I'm going to decide how much I love it or not, right? It uh, certainly seems lighter um, and, and has less unknown information than Automobile. Which the game it looks most like, you know. Oh, it, the, it the looks square. identical yeah. in that respect. Right, right. right. Um, it definitely looks to have the things that I like about automobile progression of technology, obsolescence of older ships, things like that. Uh, it's definitely going to be. It's going to be one I'm going to buy. I'm gonna, one I'm going to play and uh, see see where it goes from there. So my anticipation level is a five, man. Like, if I could buy it tomorrow, I'd buy it tomorrow. Um, Hopefully the game will also be a five, but I really don't know, actually. I really don't know. You know, sometimes uh, Wallace for me is kind of like K&K for me. Eh, okay, this, these are great and these are not so much, right? After the flood, that's all I got to say. Totally disappointed by that game. Um, so I I feel you. Yeah, I, I, I also have it as... Half a, of his catalog I'm not interested in. Re- exactly. Uh, anticipation level's a five. I, I'm hoping it's a five. Um, the one thing that I kind of want to step back from what you said, I would agree with everything that you said except for one thing. What's that? I don't know that it necessarily looks lighter than Automobile. Hmm. Um, I would say on par. I'm very curious to see how it all plays out. Um, uh, totally. I mean... And I did say seems lighter. Sure, sure. I get it. Um, I, yeah, I, I will be buying it. I will be buying the limited edition version because it's tree frog and that's what i do mm-hmm. uh i like i like wooden bits in my tree frog games like that uh but i gotta say it it could go either way i i really don't know but i'm hoping it's a five anticipation five hoping it's a five and uh shame on martin not sending us a review copy the end <laughs> <laughs> that's ships all right, next we have a game that's only on my list, which 
kind of surprises me, but maybe not. No, um, no, no. doesn't surprise me. Signori, <laughs> I think is how you pronounce oh, it. Oh, Signore. Uh, designed by Andrea Chiavesio and oh, nice. Pierluca Zizi. Zizi. I, I apologize on the names. I'm terrible at them. Published by, again, what's your game? It's the second game on, the, on this list for me. So, has a cool dice placement mechanic, and it looks great on the table. Um, it does look good. I There's just, I mean, the theme, I could go and put, yeah, whatever. Sure. It just, the cool dice placing mechanic, and it's what's your game. That's all I needed to say, all I needed to hear, and I was excited about the game. Okay. Uh, and, and our buddy Paul Grogan uh let put a had a hand in it as sure, well sure so um yeah i'm i'm excited anticipation levels of 5 realistically i expect it to be a 4 um and hoping it's higher i mean obviously i hope all these games are sixes sure I, we, I, i'd be are. surprised if any of them are right but you know what I'm saying. I'm hopeful That's for one. Yeah. Huh? Hopeful for one or two. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, right, right. Not hoping for a rating of one. No, no, no. Gotcha. All right. So tell me why you're not uh, in so, favor of so this. So Signore is a, uh, is a, a two anticipation for me. Um, and it gives me a reason to talk about this game and two other games that did not, that did not make my list for the same reason. So Signore, Grand Austria Hotel, and My Village. My Village, I expected to be on your list for the same reason that a game like Porta Ni- uh, uh, Negra is and, no, and stuff like that. I, it, I really thought it would be. The theme that Signore uh, Grand Austria Hotel and My Village have is the dice drafting of actions and stuff like that. And um, La Granja really kind of put a, a, a fine finish on that, right? It's like, you know what? It's not what I'm into. But Madeira has it, and you love that game. That, no, well, I mean, that's got a lot more meat on the bones to that. And there's, you know, more things. You, it's what you can do with the dice. Whereas in Lagranha, it's like, hey, if no one rolls it in twos, no one's doing that. You know, it's that, there's a, there is a subtle difference there. Um, so, so Signore, Grand Austria Hotel, My Village, all the same for me. A two, um, hey, I'm going to play them. I'm going to try them because that's what I like to do. Not all dice rolling is bad. I just think that these are more like, you know, family game level, not heavy game level, heavy cardboard level or anything. So, well, yeah, fair so, enough. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, oh, you know what? I was going to point out stuff like Nord or whatever, but at least those are thinky fillers. So, right, I see what you're saying. I okay, yeah, fair I'm enough. I'm not expecting those to be heavy the, cardboard. I got yeah, you. Yeah. All right, that's fair. So, so, Signori. That's uh, that's our take on it. Next up is a game that's only on my list, which I don't understand, but I'm sure you'll explain it. Yeah, it's and, a weird thing. And that's Through the Ages 2.0. Uh, designed by Vlada Shavadal, published by uh, Czech Games Edition. Um, it's a revision on one of my favorite games. Apparently less emphasis on military. Um, but just the way it... Sits on the on the table and the revisions and everything. I'm cautiously optimistic, but you're messing with one of my all time favorite mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. It makes me a little nervous about it because I don't know that it needed fixing, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, like like Martin Wallace is coming out with uh, a Steady and Emerald 2.0. I don't know that it really needed fixing. So. I I have an anticipation level of five, and I expect it to be 
you know, it's either going to be a one or a six for me for the simple fact that through the ages, as it is, the copy I have, it's one of my all-time games. Yeah. So it's a six for me. However, I don't know what they did to it. Sure. And, uh, and Paul Grogan uh, swears to me it makes the game better. It's, so I'm cautiously yeah. optimistic. So tell me why it's not on your... Or tell everybody else, <clears throat> yeah, too, um, why it's not on your list. Well, anticipation level is a six for me on this game because I, I really want a copy of it. And I guess maybe just some mental block, some mental deficiency I have. I just left it off my list because in my head I already own it. Because I would buy the current edition... Months and months and months and months ago. If this wasn't coming. Right. Gotcha. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... So it was a foregone conclusion, right. you're saying. <laughs> right. right. And, and I don't know. I probably should have put it on my list and said that. But um, thank you for putting it on yours and calling <laughs> it out. But yeah, I, I, I purposely have not bought a copy just to wait for this one. So And I purposely have not sold my copy until I try this just one. In case. To see if I'm okay with the, uh, with the changes. Yeah. And if... If I end up having to just give it away, the old edition, because the new yeah. one makes it superfluous sure, or whatever, sure. fine, yeah. I'm yeah. cool with that. But I wasn't willing to get rid yeah. of it yet. Fantastic game. Yeah. Through the ages. Okay, uh, Tin Goose is next on the list. This is on both of our lists, right? Oh, way up on our lists. Matt Kalkins of? Sekigahara fame. Rio Grande is putting this out. It sounds like it's about 30 minutes a player for this game, so... Uh, Tin Goose is a game about the early years of commercial air travel, and that sounds kind of cool. Beginning as a regional operation with just an airmail route and a Tin Goose, the Ford trimotor, the players build an airline empire through the 30s and 40s. So, all right, this is sounding, you know, like, hey, 18xx, networking and privates and, you know, and stuff. You know, it's not going to be like that, but that's what, that's the feeling I get from that. As the game progresses, the planes improve. They're safer, more fuel efficient, etc., etc., while having longer range as well, right? The companies are going to become more organized and shed their early inefficiencies. And the stakes of a disaster, crashes, strikes, oil shocks, I assume they mean like the fluctuation in fuel cost or something. Right, right, right. Uh, we'll get higher. So there's a deck of 96 cards in this game that include all of the planes and events that enter the game. Uh-oh. Event decks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Of these, only about 36 are played in any given session. So, And all of those are going to exist in the player's hand at the outset of the game. So uh, somewhat perfect, but imperfect information, I guess, right? The result is a game of calamities with more planning and less luck. And in my head, I'm trying to figure out what the hell that means because... It sure seems like there's some luck in calamities, but uh, we'll have to see what cooks, right? A skillful player seeing high bids on the safest planes may guess that several players are holding crash cards. Okay, that freaks me out a little bit. Crash cards. Take that! Hey, you're 747? Yeah. Poof. Uh, I don't know. Tin, Tin, Tin Goose is a business game that features balance between greed and fear, it says, without random events. Sekigahara uh, designer, so that's... That's a definite vote in its favor. A huge vote in its favor. Here's what kind of freaks me out. A war gamer, a war game designer, is designing a card-driven business game. Well, okay, business is not that unlike warfare in many ways. Uh, I just hope the targeted take that of these event cards in a player's hand is not too warlike, or I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I just... 
Here's a war game card. Your general was killed in battle. Here's an airplane business card. Your 747 just crashed. Uh, I don't know, man. It doesn't quite fit, is what you're saying. Uh, if, if, you know, Player-driven, targeted screw cards. Take that. Not I'll take that. Can be kingmakers and can be used erroneously. Usually not in my wheelhouse. So I like so much about this game, what I hear, and I, I worry about aspects of this game so a lot of this it, it's funny we we were talking about martin wallace's ships a minute ago right and i really get it's got in, cards in there i get an automobile feel with this game just the description i'm sure it's probably nothing like it but here's i, I have some reservations about this as well tin goose yeah about tin goose right where's the hype where's the where's the buzz Where's the information about this? We've yeah. been asking about this. Well, Rio Grande's a small publisher. Maybe. No. <laughs> there should be some... There, yeah. There's nothing for months. Um, that worries me. Is 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 uh, Rio Grande dropping the ball? Are they just... don't have? Is it just... I don't know. But the fact yeah. that there's just nothing out there... It's not Dominion. Me. Right. Well, there are a lot of smaller games... Verano, that's Taiwanese, yeah. but there's tons of comparatively buzz around yeah. that. Um, and granted, that just came out at Essen, but I just I, I wonder where where this falls. My point is, I get an automobile feel about it with the calculated gambles and being able to read what other people's are uh, people are doing mm-hmm. and trying to gauge how important something is, kind of like how the distributors work in automobile. That's that's where I get that kind of feel okay. and the and the progression in uh, in technology. I mean, designer Aseki Gahara. I, I just I, I ears perked up at that. Sure. I, I'm really excited about this. Anticipation levels a six. It is through the roof. Five for me. But just where's the information on this game, man? Yeah. That so I, I I'm totally uncertain. Of, like the anticipated game rating. Yeah, I have no clue. I can't even fathom. I, I threw a five out there. Um, I sure but, hope so. But it, it it could be as bad as a as bad as a one if it just lays an egg. So I don't know. Nope, you know, it's not but a um, but I am I am excited. I just where's the info, man? That's tin goose. All right, we're winding down. We're down to the uh, last two, last two and, man. and they're both on my list and not on yours. That is correct. First up, Trickerian. Designed by Richard Amon and Victor Peter. Published by Ape Games and Mind Clash Games. Gorgeous worker placement game with a cool theme of magicians in the 19th century. You're right. Yeah, that's a popular century for board games. It, it sure is this year, it, it seems. So, that, yeah. Anyway, uh, I backed it on Kickstarter. And in my opinion, it's going to compete for best artwork of the year of any game that comes out. Uh, this was all, this sent the Twitter world and BGG a fire back during the Kickstarter campaign. It looked too good for me to pass up and it's a worker placement. It has a lot of things that I'm apprehensive about as far as the, the card draws and all that stuff. Ding. I, sure. I get that. But you know what? I'm willing to give it a try. And I knew that if I don't get a copy, you're not getting a copy. Hell so, man. if I want to try it, I had to back it. So, here we are. Anticipation level, a five. Hmm. Expected rating 
It's either going to be a three, five, or six. The end. So go ahead, crap all over my uh, <laughs> my anticipated game. What? What? All right, Tricarion. So um, my anticipation level is a two. Okay. I, I really just have uh, no interest in this game. I will try your your copy. Okay. I will play the game. Uh, I I really just don't have any expectations, and and here's why. Here's what I read. Quote. When you like Drumroll, Colosseum, and Shakespeare, Shakespeare, you'll probably love Tricarion. Quote, think Fresco, Pillars of the Earth, and Drumroll. Uh, these are not the comparisons that I'm looking for in a game. Now, having said that, uh, Fresco, a hey, cool family game, right? The rest of those games, no. Uh, maybe this would be a good family game. I don't know. I got a ton of those things. I have no expectations, no anticipation, no desire other than... Uh, I know you want to play it, and so I want to play it with you. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks to the, 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 the pity uh, pity game. So, may, hey, maybe I'll be surprised. Sure. I mean, the, you you wouldn't have... Uh, How long is this game? Uh, about 90 minutes to okay. two hours. So yeah. a typical, yeah, yeah, yeah. typical time, cool. length time. Some of the weird things might be tolerable in that. Yeah. Could be. We'll cool. find out here soon, because <laughs> it was for sale at Essen. None yeah. of us backers got ours yet. Nah. Mm-hmm. Should be next month. That's fine. They need to sell. No worries. That's Tricurian. So let's just roll into my last one All for right. you to crap on. No, which, come on. Which really disappoints me, dude. I got to be... Hold on. It's U.S. Civil War, designed by Mark Simonich, and uh, published by one of my favorite publishing houses, which is GMT Games. P.S. I'm a Civil War junior historian. I love okay. Civil War. So... When I know you're going to crap on my... I'm not going to crap on this game. Large, two-player, strategic civil war game. Yay, strategic for me. Yeah. And yay, civil war for you. I'm not a big civil war buff. Like, I... I, That and Napoleonics, for the most part, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm on both sides, both ends of that. You know, give me ancient Rome, give me modern, you know, 20th century uh, fighting. So my thinking, and the reason it's high on my list, the strategic aspect of it, uh, yeah. of being able to do the whole U.S. Civil War from a from a zoomed out yeah. uh, standpoint, yes, sign me up. And the fact that I think it'd be a blast to play you and I. I think it, yeah. that, that's the whole reason I want the damn game. Sure. So so your turn. Go ahead. Um, hey, this is another 19th century game. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, so it's Hex Encounter. And really, like, I just, in my young adulthood, I've just played myself to death on that. I totally get that. And that's why. So, so there, that's my block, right? Okay. Now, you did say this is like a minimal kind of. A lower. Um, it, right. It's not going to have stacks of chits. That's, sure. Which, sure. It, any game like that, I steer away from because I know I will never get it to the table with you. Whoa. That's why. Yeah, that's yeah. part of oh, the reason. I, hey, I, dude, I want to play uh, Supreme Commander. I want to play Unconditional Surrender. Sure, I because um, minimal chip set or, or tile set or whatever uh, counters. Counters. Boo. Sorry. And I'm hoping this is similar in that yeah. respect. There will be a lot, you know, a reasonable amount of counters, but it's the entire, you know, there, U.S. as far as the Civil War goes. I, I'm going to give you one reason I will play it, and one reason I I won't play it. How about that? All right. All right. One reason I will play it. The write-up says that some of the inspiration from the game came from the old Victory Games, The Civil War by Eric Lee Smith. I played the hell out of that game as a, as a young adult. 
awesome, man, the way generals promote up. And the Peter principle was there, too. A.P. Hill, great division commander. When he became a corps commander, just like in real life, yeah, he kind of wasn't so great. You know, so like he really, he over promoted or right, got over promoted, right? And so they really had some cool things. Here's the here's the flip side of that. The South has no chance, man. Like that that has to be one of the most difficult games to produce a strategic game of, or one of the most difficult periods rather to produce a strategic game of that two players can play. Now that being said, I don't really care, right? I'm not going to play a Civil War game. Let's say I'm the Confederates and expect to win. Sure. I'll still have fun playing it, right? But so the game's going to have to be awfully good, and uh, and and just given the circumstances of that war, it's gonna. I just it's going to be really hard to pull off a strategic game because, like, if if you're not McClellan, <laughs> right? Okay, war's over in '62, right? Okay, so don't know what kind of game is there. All right, well. You're at least willing to hear it out and yes. see how 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 the the reports come right. in once it comes out. All right, so that's uh, my so my anticipation level yeah. and my expected rating are both fives. Um, this has been on my list since I made my original anticipation geek list back in February or March of this year. Hmm. I have been looking forward to this for the better part of six months, and yeah, so I'm going to get it. I'm going to hold on to it. Okay. And I'm going to wait for you to read up on well, it and I'm... see if you're willing to yeah. give it a go. Let's just play it. Oh, uh, I'm game. All right. So. You heard it. It's live. All right. So that's uh, that's our last game on the list. And that's U.S. Civil War by GMT. So real quick, before we uh, start to wrap things up. Yes, sir. I went back when I was doing all my prep for this and I looked at last year's list. Uh, which was pre-Gen Con, and it covered more time and more games. It essentially had 47 games and expansions on it. So I broke it down here. All right. 12 of the games I would consider being on the 4 to 6 range on our ranking scale, which would include our Golden Elephant winner, which is Arkwright, mm-hmm. but it does not include Three Kingdoms Redux, which it wasn't even on our radar right. when we made that list last <laughs> summer. 26 of the 47 games on it would fall in the 1 to 3 range, mm. i.e. meh at best, or a total lack of interest about learning more, once learning more about it. See, I think that's like evidence of the heavy cardboard hypothesis, whereas it's a bell curve. Most games are just a game on a pile of games. Yep. And there's a, an extreme few that burn them, and there's an extreme few that, that are just special gold-plated winners. Right. So... The sad thing about this, and this is just the nature of anything that has a release schedule, Mm. there are nine of those 47 games. So a full, almost a full fifth, so 20% are either on this list or still not even going to come out in 2015. Yeah. C'est la vie. wonder how many of those will never. Hopefully not many. Um, But anyway, I found that interesting, looking back on that. So what this tells me is maybe a third of these games are going to be a four or better, at best, on on our list. Okay, interesting. It'll be be interesting to look back then next year on this year's list. So I think that'll be a lot of fun. I look forward to that. Cool. Let's wrap up episode 34. 
Tell everybody how to contact us once again, please. All right. Our email, contact at heavycardboard.com. We love hearing from you guys, and we try and answer all the emails that we get. So please hit us up. Also on Twitter, at Heavy Cardboard. Facebook, Heavy Cardboard. The web, heavycardboard.com is our website. Our guild, BGG Guild, number 2044. We're at like 470. Come join. Join the discussion. It's a lot of fun. we got a really good group of, of people on there. Yes. So we'd love to love to have you all there. And uh, before we get out of here, one more time, thank you, Game Surplus. You guys are fabulous. Great games, great folks. Excellent inventory. Looking forward to their SN acquisitions myself. Yep. www.gamesurplus.com. Tell yeah. Heavy Cardboard sent you. Don't forget, you can email them and ask for any games. If there are Essen games that you might think are hard to get, email them. If there's enough demand, plus we're going to chime in with our wants yep. to uh, Velma and crew. The more demand, the more chances they'll uh, they'll try and get it over here. All right. So well, that was uh, fun. Hopefully you guys yeah. enjoyed that. And hopefully we either put some games on y'all's radar or took some off, depending on your <laughs> point of view. Yeah, it was some interesting discussions, I think, on a, on a couple of those games in particular. I I, I, yeah. I agree, but the folks will let us know. Uh, so next episode, episode 35, um, because this is coming out a few days later than normal, there are three weeks in between this episode and yep. uh, episode 35, which will be Food Chain Magnate, and we'll catch you all in three weeks. Look for the episode, I believe it's November 5th. Two weeks before BGG Kai. Happy Halloween then, y'all. Good night, Edward. Good night, listeners. Later, y'all.